Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. Incredible Daughters of Glorious Jesus 6.30 Friday the 24th 97.3 City Affair Oh my Lord
This is a live version of what they've done. Commit your works unto the Lord. Trust in Him and He shall bring it to pass. Fret not yourself when evil men succeed. Trust in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him and He shall bring forth your righteousness as the noonday. This is Psalm 37. Mm. It's been a great week. We've been blessed. We have so much to be grateful for. The fact that we even have radio to talk to each other, to send love, to send messages of warmth, happy birthdays, greetings, to discuss our country, to build it together, to have fun, to take serious issues. It's a blessing. Many countries don't have what we have. But you can call into a radio station and say, Hey, Bernard, Charlie, my road is not working. Tell somebody to come fix it. Some people don't even have that privilege. <laughs> oh, yes. So we'll not waste the opportunity by discussing mundane frivolities. We'll focus on things that build the character of a nation. The way God builds is to build from inside out. The core essence, the value systems, the mindsets, the beliefs and the practices. That's what we use media to do. Whether through radio, television or film or music. It has to be deliberate. It has to be consistent. It has to be passionate. Oh yes. Sounds like a manifesto of Radio for City. Watch out for Monday, the E-City Summit. Big one. 9.30, Alisa Hotel. Global Geopolitics. Complicated Choices for African Nations. Big minds from all over the continent. Converging on the hotel to discuss. What do the big issues of the Ukraine conflict... And all the other things happening mean for our policy choices. What does it mean for your pocket? Jeff Gable is the chief economist for APSA. He's flying down from SA into Ghana. Professor Peter Quarte, director of ESA, is also here. And of course, David Ofosudote, strategic thinker, lawyer, business leader. Join us. On Monday. Alright, so I, this week has been an interesting week. I've been bringing you tips from a book, but I found a new book yesterday. Oh my God. It's a book you must get. It's written by one of City's favorites, Taka Awori. Taka Awori. She's the founder of the Busara Group. We've interviewed her countless occasions on City Business Festival. She's been on the Effective Living series. She's one of the first names on any list of people to interview on leadership, business, and strategy. Now, Taka has authored a new book called Leadership in Africa Redefined and told stories of 30 leaders from Africa, not necessarily political leaders, the leaders from 30, 30 people, they are 30, so you can imagine, various genders, various heights, various shapes, various ages. And uh, there's so many gems in the book. I wanted to bring you business sense from page 5. And uh, this one is the book reviewer was Professor Ramon Atugu, but he picked that out. So when I got the book yesterday, that's the first page I went to. He's, she says, uh, "This is a Taka worry." She says, "Leadership is grounded in a person's commitment to doing the inner work necessary to become someone others want to follow." 
leadership is grounded in a person's commitment to doing the inner work necessary to become someone others want to follow. Wow. Let me read that again. Leadership is grounded in a person's commitment to doing the inner work necessary to become someone others want to follow. So powerful. Like this is has so many moving parts. He that has an ear. So it means you have to be committed to doing the work to becoming a leader. And being a leader doesn't start with a vote. It starts with a commitment. It starts with a commitment. And it's also compelling power from within. Because he's talking about doing the inner work required. So to become someone others will follow is not about just a big billboard. It's also about being worthy from within. Because it will cost you something. It's an amazing book. And I guess, uh, well, the place you can get it, I'm sure you can get it online. I'm sure BookNook will have it. I'm sure Amazon will have it. Or later on during the show, I'll tell you where to get this book. But trust me, if there's a book you must read on leadership this weekend, find Taka Awari, founder of Busara Group. Read her book, Leadership in Africa Redefined. 30 leaders across the continent and whose stories have been woven into an intricate fabric of leadership insights. So we'll do the newspaper review. We'll bring you business news. We'll give you the business edition, which is the highlights of the City Business Festival. And then we'll do our discussions as well. We have a very interesting conversation at 9 o'clock today. I'll be speaking to Dr. Novieto <laughs> from the whole technical university. Very interesting insights on precision quality. But before that, if you are a customer of ADB or you receive a salary through our bank, you can get up to 10,000 CDs or 80% of your next net monthly salary in payday plus call 0244284197. ADB truly a Greek and more. Airtel Tigo Tugu Misu is reloaded. It's repackaged. It's bigger. It's better. You could win up to 5,000 Ghana CDs every week and up to 125,000 CDs. In the grand draw, simply dial star 500 hash. Check your weekly airtel money, your calls, your data targets set by the promo. This gaming activity is regulated by the Gaming Commission. Airtel Tigo, life is simple. Alright, so we're getting to a newspaper review straight away. And it's brought to us by Total Quartz. Get the latest addition to the Total Engine Oil family. It's called the 9000 Future Zero W20, specially designed and developed for your engine. For optimum performance and efficiency of your car, visit your nearest Total Service Station today. Total Quartz, keep your engine younger for longer. And the deadline is fast approaching. Fidelity is making it possible. Go online, fidelitybank.com.gh. Use your Ghana card. Synchronize all your details with us. Otherwise, you can't make withdrawals, you can't make deposits, you can't make payments, you can't carry out any transaction. Update your records with the Ghana card today. Call 0800-003355. Fidelity Bank, believe with us. When you see Goffrey wearing a South African shirt, Ethiopian, Ethiopian shirt, you must know it's going to be a good day. <laughs> you know it's going to be a good day. I have a friend from Ethiopia who gave me coffee. He said, we have the best coffee in Africa. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was boasting. And I gave him chocolate. The Ethiopians and the Eritreans love yeah. their coffee. So, it's, you know, it's funny. The, fir- the first time I actually met 
a lot of Africans collectively in the room were in the US. <laughs> so it's like everybody's sharing. Somebody gives you coffee. Somebody gives you this. I give them Golden Tree, the 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 orange. No, there's one. Uh, something lemon something yeah 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 they loved it i like that i give so i had a whole pack so i was like give everybody i was using it to preach the gospel of coco <laughs> Charlie, they believe me wrong. yeah yeah that, that, the lemon Charlie, is really nice you're voting today yes you are yes I, I, okay, I have to go and check if my name is on the register <laughs> but you are i have you to know go you're voting dj it's, i mean it's big for me after two years you know why it's a you see the the whole country is crying for leadership at various levels so mm. Leadership in journalism is very important, mm. and we have three very interesting people who are standing. Yeah, Gerhard Edemensa, yes, Dave Agbenu, mm-hmm. and Albert Kwabna Jumfo says you do insurance. I know all three. Yeah. I know all three, <laughs> so it's going to be tricky. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm getting text message blasts. Yes. So, I also got some last night. Last night, maybe I'm, I'm waiting for. No, it wasn't like a blunt. So I came from like a, a mate of mine. Yes. So people are. So what is happening? Uh, they are sending messages yes, through other people uh-huh. to write yeah. people to vote. So we'll see how it goes. But for me, whoever wins, it's a very interesting time. Media needs a lot of support. Economics of media, mm-hmm. the way we fix some of the issues around survival of our business models. We we need change. Yes, a lot you of see, that. A lot of that. I, I the GJA. It's like you are throwing your cards on the table. Oh, of course. <laughs> honest, honest opinion has uh, become steel. Okay. Honest opinion. So you want you want something new? It, it, it is kind of like Park with Fabian's tactics. Okay. It's not it's not fresh. <laughs> it's not fresh. <laughs> so you want a new fire? It is not fresh. You want something it's new? It's new. Do something new in my life. That's what you're looking for. Get something new. Oh, so you that you declared in my life. Okay. Oh, right. I'm, I'm not hiding. I'm not. I'm not in a position to say who yeah, I'm voting yeah, you, for. Yet. You, you, you can yeah. decide. Me, I'm declaring. Yeah, you, have, you have declared. I've declared. <laughs> hey, but you don't have to vote. Who told you? Oh, you have. Calm down. Okay. From here, I'm going to see OJ. <laughs> ah, okay. 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 I don't anyway, anyway, front page of the Daily Graphic, Bernard, mm-hmm. this morning, a story that will make you sad. Why? Weep. Well. Why? A year on. Okay. Neopla. Still in distress. Oh, okay. But government stands by pledge. Mm. Mm. It will be revived. Yes, we have all pledged to church. I we told you we are re- not paying. Revival is coming. Revival, revival, <laughs> revival. Yesterday we revived Thor. Today we are reviving new plan. We'll deal with it. Did you vote today? Yes. Like I said. Yes. <laughs> Parliament, okay, 74 million euro uh, money for uh, Takwa Water Project. And mm. then... $48 million data center open. All right. The Ghanaian Times says, who leads GJA? That's the question. Journalists decide today. That's mm. the question. There are three mm. big pictures of David Benuge, Admensa, and Albert Jumfor. Mm-hmm. They are uh, trying to be the president, aspiring to be president. Mm-hmm. Make Africa food sufficient. Uforiata charges peer countries. Right. And car owners abandon vehicles right. for Trotsky. Over fuel price yeah. hikes. You know, yesterday the traffic wasn't that much, and I don't know whether it was because people have started. Uh, we'll all follow. We'll see. We'll there was follow. some interesting ease uh, of traffic. I don't really uh, anyway, back started. page, okay. back okay. page of the Ghanaian Times. Tema New Town has no fire hydrants. That's according to the Ghana National Fire Service, and VRA hands over solar-powered mechanized borehole at Batokopi. Front page of the Republic mm. Press, Bernard. Yahoo sells at a low cost. That's announced <laughs> by Unia's <laughs> presidency. Oh Lord. So I had to read the thing properly. The way it was written. Yahoo sells Alan. Low cost. Okay. <laughs> As he doubts Baumia presidency. All right. Jack rejects Baumia endorsement claims. NPP OKs 48 mm. to contest in national elections. And from the courts, alleged female coup plotters vomit stalls court proceedings. Mm-hmm. The Chronicle says threats of terrorism be alert. 
vigilance at all borders. Derry tells GIS as mm. government provides new barracks in Western North. Mm. Grumbles over data protections 24,000 CD monthly rent. Mm-hmm. And minority blocks approval of 75 million euro COVID money. Yeah. Front page of the Herald newspaper. Tension at GCB over 20 million dollar bullion van deal. President accused of misusing state bank for another family member. Chairman Sabunsu calls for tax relief for Jata Cement. Backbend versus dying school feeding and buffer stock offices. It's been going on to check what's happening there. And Samini wins Gimpa SRC election amidst Tagri. Samini, 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 He's ventured into politics. Well, I think he just said, like, oh, one vote. Oh, once he entered the class, he said, oh, and he gets them votes. <laughs> the new weekend crusading guide says, Okuja a black sinks in cathedral quicksand okay. as AG dummy schools him on registration procedure threatens to sue. <laughs> State housing company releases bungalows to GIS. Mm. Dr. Baumia not endorsed. Jack expects fair and engineered process to select next flag bearer. That's according to his aide. Mm. And President reaffirms Ghana determined to make Pan African vaccine project success. Finally, for me, Ben, at the front page of the informal newspaper, City Business Summit is here. Large, boy. Absa Chief Economist highlights global economy. It's coming yes. like a guy. Yes. COVID-19 strikes children. Trial of Maradona's medical handlers. Big lesson for Ghana. Oh, okay. Oh. We're trying to figure that out. Upsurge in forced labor. Uh, Shrach warns. It's also on the front page. And the government is committed to private sector for development. This is Baumia speaking. All right. The, the Ghanaian publisher says, We haven't been paid a dime. Oh. Fertilizer supplies oh. tell finance minister. Oh. UK regulator finds Ghana International Bank 5.8 million pounds. Mm. I haven't endorsed anyone. John Kufour speaking. Kufado reaffirms Ghana's support for vaccine project and Muntaka Esiama fight over committee report. Mm. Plus, birth, birth and death mm-hmm. relocates to Shiashi. So many stories online. I want to start globally. So on BBC, there's so many stories of interest to you. So U.S. Senate passes first gun control bill in decades. This is a, a big issue in the United mm. States. Then yesterday, I watched the congressional hearing on the Capitol riots. Zero okay. evidence of voter fraud. Lawyers told Trump three deputy attorneys general stood up to President Trump in the heady days of January 3 and 4, while he planned to say the election was rigged. Now, in Afghanistan... Thousands struggle for food and fears of cholera. Do you know how many people have died so far? 1,000 people have died in an earthquake in Afghanistan, and Pakistan is also reeling. Meanwhile, in a significant development for the Ukraine-Russia conflict, EU awards Ukraine and Moldova EU candidate status. This is a big story. We can explain that later. Still global. Electric car falls from China offices, killing two. <laughs> and then Netflix cuts... 300 more jobs after subscriptions fall. This seems to agree with what Juliet Asante said to me that in developing media, the paid media that we get like Netflix and co, it will take a while to grow to the levels that we are expecting and that uh, we should focus more on local content. Now, let me go to Bloomberg. There's a story there again that's of interest. Their story is called, this is called the Big Tick. Mm. China's quest for iron threatens West Africa's ecosystem. Mm. It's a very, very serious story. Mm. And they're talking about places like Guinea, where mining mm-hmm. for iron in Guinea is uh, worrying people. And then there are a few other issues around that. Then let me take you back home. And because on citynewsroom.com, Ufusu Dottie to speak on new realities of an Africa's future at the city summit. Mm. Tor not collapsing under Napo, Energy Ministry replies, IES. Ghana International Bank reaches agreement with UK FCA over 5.8 million 
pound fine. Uh-huh. This is a lot of money. Meanwhile, from two days ago, uh, Ministry of Finance appearance in Parliament, John Kuma says, Ghana will still not go to the IMF. It's like ponding. Mm-hmm. You know who go. Now, if you go to my journal line, they're leading with Baumia, cannot become president on ticket of MPP. This is Nyaota Maklo. It's almost like these days, and people are giving big interviews. So there was a Boatje Jaku a couple of days mm-hmm. ago. Now, mm-hmm. Nyaota Maklo's interview is also being serialized on many websites. In fact, if you go to um, Star FM, mm-hmm. they're using a different angle. Distance yourself from Akufado's corrupt government, Nyaota Maklo to Alan. All right, then the Joy FM mm. one is talking about Baumia Nyahota Maklo. They've quoted many parts. For example, the Akufado I know is not the one I see now. Nyahota Maklo. Meanwhile, a few other stories. Elevi, eight out of ten Ghanaians have changed Momo transaction behavior according to a study. Mm. And then uh, Bagbin backs three CD feeding grant demand by school feeding program caterers. This is our. Uh, a crusading speaker. Mm. Now, Ablakwa is still in the news on Star FM. He says Akufado blows four million on another private jet. He's alleging again extreme flooding in Ghana tests climate resilience. And then Buffer Stock Company blames food shortage on middlemen. Okay. And then uh, NIA to cover children with sickle cell and cancer from July. This is Oko Boy speaking. Just a few quick ones before you come in. Uh, if you go to GNA, uh, they start with the GJ elections as well. And then Say something, see something campaigns. Young residents demand more education. Citybusinessnews.com. Seaboard calls for more structured supply of forex for petroleum products. An economy grew by 3.3% in Q1, slower since Q3 of 2020. So many stories. Nathan, let's come to you. Well, pages 16 and 17, uh, they have the GJA story, Ghanaian Times, big one. There are pictures of the several aspirants and all of that. The story says all eyes will be on the presidency of the Ghana Journalists Association today as members of the fourth estate of the realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hold their much anticipated elections. The presidency will be at the center of attention due to its status, the caliber of the personality slugging it out for that office, and the controversies that have characterized the elections themselves uh-huh. and some of the campaigns. Mm-hmm. It promises to be a fierce contest between editor of the Ghanaian Times, Dave Agbenu, Gehat Mensa, a communication consultant, and Albert Jumfo, head of comms um, of the Tobinko Group. So, All right. So, yeah. those, so those are. That's let the, me, the, the let me take you to New Plan immediately, yes. Bernard. Mm-hmm. A year on, uh, the Daily Graphic did really well. They did a recall. Mm-hmm. So a year on after that story, where the government pledged to help resuscitate uh, New Plan, they went to see what was happening Very there, yeah. and nothing had nothing happened. is changing. Nothing has changed mm-hmm. uh, in a conversation to find out uh, how the plan to resuscitate the company was panning out. They spoke to a deputy trade and industry minister who said a contract for the company to produce 100 buses, which the government promised was on course. Mm-hmm. This is Michael Chibefi. Mm-hmm. Now, according to him, quote, all arrangements with New Plan is still on course. Just two weeks ago, the ministry held a meeting with the management of the company. It will attest to the fact that the company continues to receive support from the government because this caring government is committed to every pledge made to the company. Now, if you go to the, if you stay on that page, mm-hmm. you see the photos. So the machine shop empty and then the workers, you no. Know, They've put mattress on the ground they are sleeping. and they are sleeping. Talking about revamping, there are two <laughs> stories to related to Tor. You know, we spoke about Tor, IES also spoke. Now, the energy ministry has said that Tor is not collapsing under the Minister of Energy. So what is Tor doing? They are saying that they have... Um, this is a long statement. Maybe I can read it. But there are two two, two headlines. Tor itself sent a statement. They are yeah. saying that they've initiated a process to restart operations. Oh. The government has given Tor the go-ahead to negotiate a lease agreement to refine crude with a private investor called Decimal Capital, whose proposal emerged as the most appropriate to meet the needs of the refinery. This will boost the local supply of the refined oil products. So a transaction advisor has been contracted by Tor to lead to the negotiations in formulating the lease agreement which will be completed over the next three to four weeks. 
The investment partner will then provide funding for a first phase, which will bring the crude distillation unit of tor back on stream to refine 45,000 barrels a day in the next few months. Mm. So that's the information. So it's essentially the same thing the ministry is saying. So they're saying that they've not been sitting idle. So keep an eye on tor, keep an eye on your plan. Let's come back to the Times. Well, the, the, the 15th page of the Ghanaian Times says, Car owners abandon vehicles for Trotsky. All right. Okay. Now, the continuous increase in transport fares has resulted in people parking their cars home and joining public transport while others walk short distances to cut costs. Uh-huh. The recent 15% increase in fuel prices projected at 1.24 CDs per litre uh-huh. has uh, portrayed high cost of living, resulting in an increase in economic hardships of citizens. Mm. Interactions by the Ghanaian Times on Monday with a section of the public revealed some difficulties and challenges they faced um, with the hikes um, in prices, so they interviewed several people who said, "Well, they had parked their cars." Others said they were not moving about that much. Others said, "Speaking, about, speaking about the economy, so John Kuma was uh, asked in the parliamentary hearing whether we would go to the IMF. This was a question one of the MPs asked during the finance minister's visit, and John Kuma was answering on behalf of the minister, and he says, "We will still not go to the IMF." So, uh, Deputy Minister of Finance has ruled out the possibility of turning to the International Monetary Fund for a program to salvage the economy. Uh, Ghana en- exited an extended credit facility program a few years ago after completing a program for budgetary support of less than a million a billion pounds. Now, looking at the current econ- macroeconomic situation, some have suggested that a return to the IMF will bring some reprieve by allowing Ghana access to the capital markets. But according to John Kuma, government has resolved to take necessary and tough measures to restore and sustain macro stability as well as promote credibility mm. and investor confidence through the implementation of government's fiscal consolidation and debt sustainability. Then, in relation to that, E-Levy, 8 out of 10 Ghanaians have changed moment transaction behavior. This is a stud- study. Journal Alliance is reporting that majority of Ghanaians are said to have changed their behavior towards the electronic transfer of funds since the E-Levy kicked in in May. According to the study, 83% of the populace felt compelled to do so in order to adjust to the limits introduced by the said levy as far as their livelihoods were concerned. Now, this was the Imani Digital Finance Services Research Project, which looked into the impact of the 1.5% tax on the coping mechanisms of Ghanaians. Let me just give you some quick updates from the Capital Bank case that is in court. Uh, a former MD, Fitzgerald Donko, says the board approved the 100 million Ghana city that was paid to all time capital. So mm-hmm. you can go to page 27 mm-hmm. of the Daily Graphic now. NAFCO also is in the news with the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Swanakins, mm-hmm. urging the government to provide uh, the National Food Buffer Stock Company with the required financial support to enable it to achieve its Yeah, objectives. actually, the buffer stock is in the news for two reasons. On CTFM, the uh, CEO is saying that there is enough food uh, for schools. This was based on some complaints that had come in. He says, we have enough food supplies for schools, according to Hanan. He was speaking on Eyewitness News yesterday. He told Umaru Sanda that contrary to suggestions, the company is making impressive strides to store more food for later distribution. But if you go to Star FM, the angle of the story they use is that uh, he blames food shortage on middlemen. Mm-hmm. So the Ghana Buffer Company is blaming rising prices of food stuffs on the activities of middlemen in the sector. According to him, the middlemen in the sector are responsible for the artificial food shortages that we may be facing. Oh. Yeah. Right. So, so basically it's the same thing, but essentially says on their side they are supplying food, 
But if there's a shortage, it has to do with middlemen. If you go to the Chronicle, page 5, mm-hmm. it says Accra Court freezes East, East Adan Assembly accounts. For what? Now, the Accra High Court has frozen the accounts of the East Adan District Assembly for refusing to pay a contractor mm. who had rendered services to it in 2016. Mm-hmm. Now, the decision comes after efforts by the contractor over the last five years to receive his payment claim yielded no result. Now, this contractor was uh, tasked to provide streetlights, bulb igniters, and Photo sales as well as rehabilitate existing street lights for about eighty nine or almost ninety thousand CDs. He did that. Mm-hmm. He had been chasing his money. He wasn't getting it. Now he sent the matter to uh, the Ioko. Mm-hmm. The uh, Ioko authenticated that the works had been done, mm-hmm. and then, as a result, the office of the Attorney General advised him to go to court. All right, and he won the judgment plus. Um, interest payments and all, amounting to almost 390,000 cities. Wow, that's wow. interesting. Well, so they've garnished their account. Yes, they've garnished mm. their account. Let's come back to the Herald. Herald, Samini wins Gempa SRC election amidst Tagri, mm-hmm. according to the report mm. by the paper. Emmanuel Andrew Samini, uh, with the state, uh, okay, Emmanuel Andrew Samini has with the stage name Samini on Wednesday disturbed the serene academic atmosphere of Gempa with land guards, motorbikers, among others, doing uh, a student representative council Seriously? election at the Greenhill campus. Wow. Now, according to the report, he pulled 307 votes to win the election as against the 211 votes for his contender, Theophilus Cote. Mm. Wish him all the well, uh, all the best. I hope he performs better than that video that we saw. There's also a story about tension at GCB. Over yeah, we've done the story before. This is the Brompton the, the issue. Bullion Van yes, deal. This is the Brompton issue. All right, let me take you international. A couple of quick stories for you. Bloomberg is reporting that uh, China's quest for iron threatens West Africa's ecosystem. They're basically talking about the activities of that country in West Africa, particularly Guinea, mm. where their desire for uh, iron is, is affecting the minds and the way they operate. Then over 1,000 people have died in Afghanistan. Guys, this is serious. Yeah, and, and Pakistan is also reeling from so many things happening in terms of world stories. So survivors of the F- Afghanistan's deadliest earthquake in two decades say they have nothing to eat, no shelter, and fear a possible cholera outbreak. This is a BBC report, and um, it is really, really tragic. If you see some of the stories, I think countries with means should mobilize to support Afghanistan in this very difficult time. Thank you guys for being on the review. That was All the right. newspaper review with uh, Nathan and Godfrey. City Business News is up next. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. City Business News next, brought to you by MTN, Enterprise, and Goyle. Vivian Kailuku is here with the news. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. We'll go straight to our stories where the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Chamber of Bulk Oil Distributors, Senor C, has put the blame regarding the inadequate supply of forex for the procurement of petroleum products at the doorsteps of commercial banks in the country. Ghana's monthly fuel import stood at $450 million in May, up from the $250 million in January of the same year. Addressing a media dialogue on the topic, forex challenges and Ghana's for supply organized by the chamber, Mr. Husi called for a more structured approach to the supply of forex for bulk oil distributors. So the situation of the market today is that the commercial banks do not have adequate capacity to meet our needs. And even when they can, the price at which they wish to sell their dollars actually threw the petroleum prices at the pump totally out of work. 
it will push them extremely high. So everybody wants to depend a bit more on the relatively cheaper US dollars coming from the central bank. The central bank commenced its direct intervention and support for the petroleum sector in April through the special auction. It started with about 85% of our requirements, expecting the commercial banks to compensate with them to cover the balance of, of 50% with the, with the commercial banks, but not in a structured fashion. As we speak, it has actually dropped down to about 21%. In the previous window, was about 24% of the needs. The rest is supposed to be met by the commercial banks. The commercial banks are having a liquidity problem. So that is where we are today. And that is why when we have a lot more support or structured mechanism from the central bank, things would actually more stabilize. That was the Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Chamber of Bulk Oil Distributors, Senor Husi. Now, Minister of Finance Ken Oforiata has reiterated the need for more development of finance institutions to mobilize private capital to address long-standing structural gaps that have hindered investment delivery and Africa's trade competitiveness. According to him, this will enhance the growth of trade and investment, especially under the African continental free area. Now, despite the profound effect of the COVID-19 pandemic on businesses globally, the African Trade Insurance Agency recorded a profit of $33 million last year compared to the $29.8 million recorded the year before. Kenneth Riata was speaking at the 22nd Annual General Meeting of the African Trade Insurance Agency. As we look forward, it is also clear that all of us policymakers and development finance institutions alike and members um, in the insurance industry must face up to our shared responsibility for sustaining and strengthening economic recovery across our continent. Mr. President, Vice President, as you know, it is in these difficult times that sometimes the biggest companies remove the umbrella when we need it most and we are asking for true partnership going forward. It's also clear that we all alike must face up our shared responsibility for sustaining and strengthening economic recovery across our continent. And this is precisely why we must use this AGM to establish national level strategies and frameworks that not only support the membership expansion of ATI, but also catalyzes private sector financing into a range of critical sectors across the continent. And particularly, um, recognizing, acknowledging um, friends and partners and big insurance companies, insurance firms, um, to look at Africa differently. That was the Minister of Finance, Ken Oforiata. A craftsman in the country risk being redundant in the near future if they fail to upgrade their skills to the new trends and deliver acceptable levels of quality. Who Technical University lecturer Dr. Divine Noviato believes adoption of precision quality will help such players achieve this feat. The term was coined by the Design and Technical Institute of Ghana to highlight the value of precision industries and quality products and services in job creation. Dr. Noviato was speaking during the City Business Festival on air series. So the precision quality by uh, Madam uh, Swanika's group, uh, DTI, has three mo- uh, five modules. Mm-hmm. So we have the first one is change to grow. Mm-hmm. Second one is process integration. The third one is people and team development. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is health and safety 
Mm-hmm. And then the final one is customer relations. So the first one is this, change to grow. We are trying to make the student or the master craft person aware that where you are, you need to think about growth. The world is moving. Don't, you may have the core competencies now, but in five years, they'll be obsolete. So try to have that awareness at heart. Mind change, the shift in mindset that knowing that tomorrow there's a change. So if you have that engraved in them and you show them examples of changes that are occurring in their fields, they wake up to the realization, no, even self-development, I have to commence it myself. So that is change to grow, mindset change. Slowly, but if you reassure them and support them, they will do that. Dr. Divine Oviato is a whole technical university lecturer. His full interview on the City Business Festival airs at 9 a.m. on the City Breakfast Show this morning. This year's edition of the festival is sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Momo and MTN Business, Ghana Investment Promotion Center, IT Consortium and Gersal. Let's now join Gillian Hammer of Data Bank for more on the topic why the type of mutual fund you own should determine how long you hold it. The length of time you should hold a mutual fund depends on four factors. The fund type, your investment horizon, your risk appetite, and your financial plan. Some funds, such as money market or fixed income funds, experience little or no volatility. So you can own them for as short or long as you would like, with little risk. Data Bank's M Fund is a good example of a low-risk fund. Equity funds, however, rise and fall with the stock market, which goes through multi-year cycles. So when you buy an equity fund or a balance fund, for example, EPAC or B fund, ideally you should hold it for a complete market cycle to avoid missing out on potential returns. That's why we recommend a minimum of at least four to five years or more to account for the ups and downs of investing. It doesn't mean you can't access your money before that time. It simply means that the longer you invest, the less impact market movements or volatility will have on your investment and the more likely you are to enjoy strong returns. Julian Hammer of Data Bank. Well, that's it for the breakfast edition of City Business News brought to you by MTN Guel and Enterprise Live. Also powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Vivian Kai Loco. Do have a good business day. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. I would have wanna be Fim Fim, where they're my chat ball. Turn up, turn up, turn up. Too late. Yeah, yeah. The boys are there back. To all my boys are there. Yeah, yeah. The stubborn boys are there back with their heads on the table. Eleven minutes past seven. It's Friday. Friday. There used to be a jingle like that. Thank God it's Friday. 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 Anyway, so today we have the City Business Festivals on Air Series coming shortly. So many things I'm thinking about this week. Leadership has become big. Yesterday I watched something on US television and I was like, wow, when will we get here? So if you have time, watch it. Like the US Congress was doing a a hearing in relation to the, they call it the January 6th, 2021 capital riots. So they had this congressional committee who were, um, 
what were they doing? They were they were interviewing people about the conduct of the president, and they, they interviewed people from the uh, justice department. Oh my God! Charlie, democracy. We have to work at it. Too. We have a lot of work to do to see a Republican um, representative take on his own side, a president that he he obviously voted for. But on the question of principle, on the question of principle, we, we pray for, for the day we get there. We need more men of principle in our politics, not just... And I'm not saying everything about U.S. is fine, but you should watch the hearings. You should just see the mindset of people when it comes to standing up for their country, stepping up, and um, all the things that we expect leaders to do. You know, we, we need people who will stand up for truth, irrespective of what it will cost. Alright, so we are going to give you highlights of a very, very eventful week. This week we've been focusing on two things. Consumer markets. So we interviewed some people on the... Dynamics of consumer markets, Michael Koto Lampe of Moyele also spoke to Charles Addo and uh, Robert Aunkalin say, and we'll be bringing you highlights of those four interviews in today's edition of the City Business Festival on a series hosted by Michael Ogbodu. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of the City Business Edition on 97.3 City FM. My name is Michael Obodun. Today on the show, we are bringing you a wrap of interviews on the City Business Festival Honor Series for this week. The topic for the week was surviving the uncertainties of the consumer markets and increasing Ghana's trade competitiveness. Do remember that this year's edition of the City Business Festival is mainly sponsored by APSA Bank with support from MTN Mumu and MTN Business, Ghana Investment Promotion Center, IT Consortium and Gesal. We start off with Michael Kutu, the senior partner for research firm Confidence, as he speaks on the dynamics of Ghana's retail space. So clearly the supply chain problems that COVID presented is the explanation of the 24% drop, is it not? It's the most likely uh, explanation. We tried to talk to the managers of the supermarkets to try to understand what was going on because we did notice that during the survey, some of the shelves that for product categories that historically have always been uh, full were, were partially empty. During the survey, we, we noticed that it was very obvious in a couple of the, of the supermarkets. We tried to uh, talk to them and to try to understand the reason, but we couldn't get them to respond. Our, our hypothesis is, is that it's most likely the, the COVID-19-induced global supply chain 
difficulties that we've we've seen all over the world. It's not just Ghana. This is a big, big challenge, uh, supply chain challenge across most most of the world. So that's most likely the the main issue here. But I think it raises, um, and you, you did allude to this discussion that we had in you know 2020 and 2021. Because um, I had made a point that the disruptions in global supply chains presents an opportunity for us to boost, you know, made in Ghana. So quite clearly what this survey is telling us is, is that that window of opportunity is still open. And there's an opportunity for local producers to try and, you know, step in and take advantage because there's a shortfall, it was obvious. But there the, the are difficulties to... Uh, local producers taking advantage of these opportunities. So it's the opportunities there, the window of opportunities there, but it is not obvious and it is not that easy for local producers to easily, you know, step in and fill the gap because uh, these disruptions are temporary. The supermarkets are tied to all kinds of international, you know, sourcing arrangements. They will typically wait it out and try and, you know, have their international suppliers resolve whatever the bottlenecks are. So the window of opportunity is there. I think that sometimes if we don't do research like this, it's just an idea. But what is Richard's research has done, it has concretized it. It's shown that it's real. There's actually a gap. There's a supply chain challenge. Local producers can look to the research we have done. They can look at... The, the, the product categories where we've seen a major drop in uh, foreign brands and they can approach the supermarkets and try and do a deal. Um, it is an opportunity there. So uh, we hope, you know, that local producers will work with the, with the research findings that we've reported and try and see what they can do, uh, approach the supermarkets, even if it's just temporary, um, because this is how business works. There's a temporary disruption. Uh, you are able to present yourself as an alternative supplier. And just how you perform can convince the, the supermarkets that you're probably a better alternative to the foreign brands. So there's that opportunity. I would like to encourage local producers to look at the findings of the research. There's actually this gap in the market. And we encourage them to approach the supermarkets and see what they can do to try and convince them uh, to take up their product. Okay, Michael, if we take these 20 product categories, to what extent will you say these 11 outlets represent the way a general Ghanaian will shop? I'm asking this in the sense that if these are things that everybody would buy, would these percentages be the same for if you went to say Kaneshi Market or if you went to a typical corner shop, you notice that in a lot of our urban areas, there are little, little corner shops that stock a lot of things. So, again, we don't know whether what percentage of our retail outlets these 11 represent. But just talk to me about the dynamics of our retail market. Because, for example, if we went to a typical advanced country like Germany or England, most people would buy from these large supermarkets and then there were smaller versions of sale. But if you went to India or Nigeria or Ghana, we have a very different sort of mix of outlets. So just what, what are your 
possible insights about the structure of Ghanaian retail outlets and what else is there to be studied if we are to really understand what Ghanaians are buying? Well, the most important point is that the retail, the big retailers are able to sell uh, at cheaper pricing than your typical corner shop. So we've done a very limited uh, study. Um, we wanted to test that hypothesis to see you know, how the picture would look like. We're yet to do a proper large-scale study, and we will do that. But we've tested uh, that, that, that you know, hypothesis, and what we've noticed is, is, is that the big you know, retailers are able to price much lower um, than your typical corner shop. So a lot of Ghanaians, not just the middle class, a lot of Ghanaians are beginning to realize that if you walked into a typical, uh, you know, big, you know, supermarket, you're mo- you're likely to be able to buy, you know, your, you know, basic consumables at a comparatively lower price than if you just went to the corner shop. The the advantage that your typical corner shop has is that you know it offers convenience. It's 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 within the neighborhood. And, you know, if you look at the cost of transportation of, you know, moving all the way into a big supermarket to go and buy products, typically you go there because you want to buy in bulk. Um, and, but a lot of our, our, our typical Ghanaian households don't, don't buy in bulk. So the corner shop offers an advantage. You know, it's convenient. Uh, you wake up in the morning, um, you know, you can just go there and just buy what you need for the day, right? Uh, if you, if you have to, uh, spend money on transportation to commute all the way to a big retail shop to go and buy. You need to have a reason to go there because it has to make sense to go there. You have to buy in bulk. So the 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 consumer behavior and uh, and the purchasing you know power of a lot of Ghanaians. Uh, uh, you would have to look at it from that point of view. But overall, the big retailers are able to sell at you know cheaper prices. What's, what we're noticing is that um, some of them are closing down or are likely to close down and exit the country. I think that, and I don't want to name names, but at least we know that one of the biggest you know, uh, supermarkets uh, will be shutting down and leaving the country before the close of the year. They, they might sell to another investor or they might completely shut down. Next is Langpe Omoyele, Managing Director of Marketing Communications Agency Nitro 121, who took his turn speaking on the changing scene of West Africa's consumer markets. So you're basically saying that the foray into the mass market has already begun. Smaller packages, smaller sizes, lower uh, prices become very essential. So you can't just think about middle class, high-end people shopping in a mall. You must think about the woman who needs to just buy one strip of toothpaste for a week. You must think about if it's DSTV, a gold TV for somebody to pay coins. So, so is this the key to the mass market though? Because it, it, the, the mass market is seen as a very unpredictable in, in places like West Africa because it's very large. And the dynamics are very different. So is this squeezing, switching, swapping the key for producers to unlock the mass market? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. But let me just point out that it's not just about what we're calling the mass market. It's also about 
even the middle class, which is now um, was disposable income, has also become um, even weaker. So even the middle class is looking for more affordable offerings. So I'll give you an you know, you also have a situation where you have out-of-pocket situations. So if today I'm a salary earner on the middle class and I'm earning, I'm not just being extreme, I'm earning 200 CDs. I'm not just just throwing something out there. So if that's what I'm earning, right, that 200 CDs, what it could buy for me this time last year is less than what it is it can buy for me today. So what do I, what do I do, right? If my income right now is weaker, I'm going to have to look at other options, even as a middle class earner. So it's not just about the mass market. It's also mm. about the, how do you ensure that the middle class earner is, is still addressed um, by your, your offerings as, as a marketer, as a business um, owner, because some of them are doing exactly what we painted in terms of either switching, squeezing or swapping. So it's not just about the what we call the mass market or the bottom of the pyramid. It's also addressing the um, the, the what I call middle class, whose consumer mm. income has is also being weakened. Are we seeing any products doing better within this period? In the Ghana study, they looked at about twenty products: drinks, biscuits, soups. Uh, sanitary wear, cereals, mm. meat, milk, uh, pasta, um, I mean, footwear, all kinds of things. I, I don't know if, I mean, when I drive around Accra, I can't help but notice the number of people selling drinks of yeah. all kinds. So even, for example, the malt, you see the 12 pack, 24 pack plastic bottles. I see a lot of, and all kinds of drinks. It seems everybody's selling drinks. <laughs> then I see, I mean, that's, and they're also selling water. They're selling a lot of water. Before I see the normal groceries like cubes and those things like sardines and things. But it seems as if drinks, I don't know if it's the weather, drinks have become very popular and the varieties are so many. Mm. Is this something that is backed by what you also do from your, your perspective? Yes. So what, what, what we are finding is that Selling categories, obviously, um, are still sustaining growth. And, and recall what I mentioned earlier in passing when we talked about the impact of COVID. Now, now COVID is in recession, but there are certain categories that consumers still look out for. So the food sector is one that um, we're going to grow because for consumers, they're setting priorities back to the um, Maslow hierarchy of needs. There are certain fundamentals that are important for consumers, regardless of the socioeconomic um, class that they belong to. So, so food is, is important. Um, water or drinks uh, are, are important. Shelter, accommodation, um, transportation, um, staying connected are important. And so you find that even in this challenging period, um, tel- telecommunications um, is, keeps on growing because people want to stay connected and have access to the rest of the world. But from an FMCG perspective, now we do find that drinks, as you rightly alluded to, are growing. So we are finding that drinks, um, um, the, the alcoholic segment is, is growing. And one of the things that has also been found across the globe is that when, when there's a, a, a economic challenges are, challenge, are, are significant, 
Um, people are looking for sources of relief and escape. And um, therefore, um, alcohol consumption um, is also uh, an area where people can also look at. But we're also finding out that, um, like I said, ball foods, ball foods, ball foods are on the growth, um, as I mentioned earlier. Um, drinks, like you rightly point out, out, juices, energy drinks are on the rise from a percentage basis. So probably categories that are growing um, is the food food sector. You have drinks, you have the telco sector um, that, is, that is growing. And interestingly, we also find that the, the diapers sector mm-hmm. is, is growing. So um, it looks like um, people are still um, giving birth. Um, and that <laughs> probably also accounts accounts for the population growth that we are, we are experiencing in sub-Saharan Africa. Mm. A lot of our governments talk about import substitution and they are looking for saving foreign exchange by investing in local alternatives. But for, for some reason in Ghana, the cost of producing is much higher. So you will still get a cheaper product. So even if it's a diaper, even if it's a sanitary pad, the imported one is cheaper. Even if it's baby milk, you even get a local version. If it's drinks, almost everything imported is, is much, much cheaper. Do you, what, what is your sense about Nigerians and their preference for local commodities? I'm asking this because in Ghana, we tried a campaign for local rice. And we noticed that the imported rice has gained a lot of penetration in Ghana. But in Nigeria, it seems as if all you eat is local rice. At least a lot more people eat. When I come to Nigeria, I eat local rice and it's very nice. In Ghana, I tend to find more Vietnam rice or Thailand rice. So just talk to me a bit about import substitution, local preference, and the role branding plays in some of those things. Okay. Now, let me maybe preface my response um, by, again, reinforcing what you've said. The, the macroeconomic environment with rising inflation and the um, exchange rate challenges. So you find a situation where um, the local currency compared to um, the, the dollar or the pound or the euro um, has significantly um, weakened. Now, because of that, um, even availability of forex to source for um, raw materials which are imported is a challenge. And so what happens is that labor um, at the local level becomes more expensive and therefore the cost of goods has also um, um, increased from local uh, manufacturing perspective. Now, it therefore has also opened up um, the, the, the imports of, of foreign goods. Now, what, what therefore needs to be done is for a focus on looking at that local substitution and a deliberateness on the part of governments to encourage um, local manufacturing and providing the required incentives Former Trades Minister Robert Ahunkalinti also shared some insights on producing to compete globally. We're trying to understand how Ghana can produce to compete globally. We've already said we can't just move from agri to services without doing a manufacturing. You've also explained that our production capacity has been down because we've not focused properly on the right policies. So what are some of the things we ought to do to become globally competitive in production? Well, I think in, in doing that, I, I put them in two categories. There's, there's the push and the pull. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say push, this is where perhaps in the push you compel certain things to be done. Mm-hmm. The pull is where you attract by incentives certain things to be done. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking of, for instance, the push, benchmark values is one of them. 
I'm sorry, but you can't have a system where you are favoring somebody else's production to detriment of your own. That is just not sustainable. I'm sorry, there is no other way of putting it. I love my colleagues at um, the traders, but they need to move from trading other people's goods to our goods because if we don't do that, we're going to have the same conversation 20 years from now. So that is an example of the push. Another example of the push, and this is something that is difficult, but we have to do. We have various business associations, the garments and textiles. Uh, AGI has various subsectors. Our industrial base is characterized by a plethora of small, 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 small. Too small. And when you have limited resources as government has, if you try and spread it across everybody, everybody will get a little bit, but there will be no difference to the impact. We have to find a way where we, for instance, talk to the garment industry and, and say, um, dear friends, we have to work with you to select three to five and push them. Mm. And as we push them, they pull 10 to 15 behind. Now, these are difficult things, but this is the only... Look, Samsung was not created just by just like that. Toyota wasn't, Tata wasn't. There was a consistent, concerted effort to push them. So it's not like an organic process of saying, no. let's have 200 SMEs and the best will survive. Pick winners Look, and grow them. Bernard, we don't have money for the 200. I'm sorry. So we need to tell people we don't have the resources to push all 200 at the same time. Let's pick five or ten this year for the next three years. Let's pick another. But those five or ten we pick, they must add partner with at least one to three as part of the supply chain or value chain. And then we'll move on. Because the problem is when you try and do all the 200 at the same time is you spread your butter so thinly, the impact is not felt. That's interesting because a lot of the programs we see, at least for the entrepreneurial side, they are looking for breadth. They are not really looking for depth. From what you're saying, you, you, don't, you need to get skill. And that skill must be supported by state. You see, that's, that's the push aspect. Because there is no way we can grow. Dangote didn't happen just by organic. It didn't happen that way. I mean, it's a fact. It wasn't organic growth. I'm sorry, but this is the reality. Uh, Rothschilds didn't happen by organic. JP Morgan's Goldman Sachs, these were not organic growth. East Indian Company was not organic growth. It was pushed. So we have to, but the way to do, but it's difficult because the selection then becomes difficult. But we can talk to the associations. It becomes even more relevant when we talk about exports. How many companies today in Ghana have the sufficient quality, the depth, uh, the wish to be able to export outside Ghana? We can't say we're going to go through the, I don't know how many thousands of businesses they want ready to export. Because, so we need to work on building some scale. And with the scale, again, I caveat that by saying, we're not building the scale just for one huge conglomerate at the expense of others. They come with a value chain. So in the same way as choosing these winners, yes. you also have to choose the sectors because they are a plethora of Without sectors. Without a sad shadow of the doubt. So from the work you've done at yes. GIPC yes. and Ministry of Trade, yes. if I were to ask you to give me like say five or six sectors that you 
seriously in Ghana can compete, that we should push more resources yes. because the world is looking for these products and we are good at producing. Can you give me some? I will start with garments and textiles. Garments and textiles. We have a very unique capability. Look, there are people in the U.S. even wearing some of our cloth. We have, it is a unique selling point. For us. For us as a country. The Kente cloth, for instance. Look, so the garments... Every graduation, there's a Kente cloth. The garments, we have a natural, almost a, a natural affinity to it, and we should build on that. Garments and textiles will be one. Mm. The other areas I will talk about is beauty products, which is linked to the lack of shea butter. Mm. You see, these are very uniquely... Um, Ghanaian products that we can add value in to take it to a different level. So cosmetics. Cosmetics. So share cocoa. By the way, even oil palm is part of cosmetics. I, I know, and uh, so when we, I took a group a couple of times. We went to Malaysia and Indonesia. You know what we eat as oil palm, the the red palm. They make twenty one different products from that from that product. We eat it as oil palm, but they make twenty everything from from fuel ethanol. To vitamin supplements, to yeah. cosmetics, twenty one from that red red oil that we eat. Wow! And by the way, oil palm is not indigenous to Malaysia or Indonesia. It was brought from West Africa, Ghana, and Nigeria. Mm. So that is one other area. I'm just looking at some of the area. The other area which is very important and is linked to also. So let me. There is some agricultural based products that I would take. One of them, the top of my list will be with oil palm, not even cocoa. Oil I know oil people, palm. oil palm. Wow. The 21 products, you see, I would take oil palm. Let me give a, you know, Malaysia gets something like $14 billion of exports every year from oil palm. Billion. Billion dollars. You work at what? Uh, <laughs> now, they have roughly, they have roughly just under 4 million, no, 4 million hectares under oil palm. Total. World's largest. We have in Ghana over 6.5 million hectares of arable land not used. Imagine we just focus on doing 1 million hectares over the next three years of oil palm. And without all the negative impact of deforestation and all the things we've done. And also, by the way, Ghanaians understand oil palm. That's the other aspect. If I go to the smallholder down the, and so that if I then, and then oil palm also works very well what I'm talking about winners because you can build a 13 ton oil processing mill, but you will need something like 6,000 acres to feed that. So that's what I'm talking about, the vertical integration. Charles Edu is the head of retail at APSA Bank and he also had some tips on financing retail. But would you say that collectively financial institutions are driving this growth? Because I come back to the balance sheets. I've been examining 19 banks. And look, you can say it's a macroeconomics, but it feels to me as if the banks are not sure of the individual Ghanaian, whether they can pay back. So they are more comfortable lending to government. They are more comfortable lending to companies. Yes, there are payroll loans. There are a few loans that are tied to controller, but they are really very risk-averse. Nobody seems to be doing your KYC. Nobody seems to be trying to develop even a credit bureau, reference bureau properly. So it's almost like we are working with existing systems. We are not really going out to tell people Meanwhile, if you got a job in the U.S. and you earn a salary, you'll get companies write to you with offers 
they'll give you a car. They'll, basically, somebody's researched you, looked at your level of income, looked at your house, and is telling you you need a better car. We don't seem to do that a lot here. Why, why is that? Okay, so to your point, I, I remember being a, a student in London. My very first day at school, I was given a credit card by a bank, and I was wondering, I'm a student. I mean, how do these guys expect me to even pay? But I think the difference is in the fact that we don't have very solid credit reference um, and bureaus and also being able to understand people's credibility. Abroad, you have all this. You can just check your reference from any bureau and it's, it actually has a risk scoring models to determine whether Bernard is credible or not. So there's that ease to give out credit cards, to give out loans at even lower rates because they can actually test your credibility. And when you mess up your credibility, trust me, it goes beyond just taking loans. It, it, it goes through everything you want to do as well. So it restricts you. So people take credibility extremely serious in that side of town. In our town, um, now we have credit reference bureaus. It's still growing but we could make it better. We should be able to tell truly people's credibilities and be able to learn accordingly as well. So I feel that is an area that we can improve on. And when we do, we should see the learning go up. What about companies? A lot of employees may not be able to get a loan on their own, but there's also this bottleneck of organizations not being willing to sort of play along because when the organization guarantees certain things, that makes it easier to deal with them. But it seems as if a lot of companies are not willing to do this. What, what's your view on that? So they're not willing to guarantee, but at times they're supportive with other things where that helps a bank to be able to minimize the risk. For example, do you have some terminal benefits? Do you have some provident fund? They are able to assign it to us, and based on that, we're able to give loans on those parts as well. But guarantees, it's just a few companies that are willing to do that. Mm. So it all comes back to being able to understand the credibility of a customer and um, giving them a loan and pricing according to the risk that you see as well. You made a point about the middle class growing and the consumer market was going to go up. A previous guest said in Africa, Ghana had the eighth largest market in terms of people's ability to consume so we are number eight of the 54. That's, that's massive. Do you see that level of skill in Ghana? Because you're a group. You have many countries. Is, is Ghana that big in your group as well to match the size of our markets, which uh, the previous speaker spoke about? Yes. So in, in, the, in the group, if I'm to talk about APSA, Ghana is a very significant player, um, both in terms of financials, in terms of everything. I think that we are fairly up there. The... Until recently, the economy was extremely quite good for us to do our business. Um, recently, it's been a bit tough, but it's still good. And the market is still huge in Ghana. The opportunities are still huge in here. Uh, we just need to work on un unemployment levels, increasing salary levels, increasing the middle income as well. But more importantly also, uh, one thing Ghana does very well is adapting to trends and changes which is something that also drives the consumer as well. Now there are lots of fast food restaurants, um, lots of delivery um, companies, the Globals, the Bolt Foods, all those ones that have come. And Ghanaians easily 
adapt and adjust to this, which also helps in the consumption as well. So we adapt to these changes quite well compared to the other countries. So what advice do you have for people in the productive sector in their preparations to approach a bank? What should they look out for and how should they make sure they will get the right kind of support for their business? So the, the first thing is they need to be able to prove the evidence of cash flows. They need to keep very good financials and records. Now even if you do Momo, you can actually print a Momo statement. So the bank needs to see the cash flows that are being generated. And you need to have a clear budget. You need to have a, a clear projected cash flow. You need to do your financials right. And if you have a fallback in terms of a collateral, all the better, it minimizes the risk. But the key thing is having the right cash flows and being able to show it through your financial statements and reports as well. So it's cash flow lending and not collateral lending. Exactly. Amazing. That's the key focus for us. So that's for all levels of business. Yes. You need to be able to show that you'll be able to repay. Mm. I think that is more important than the fallback. What are the prospects? What prospects do you see in this country for the financial sector that you're part of for the next few years? How optimistic are you? For the financial sector? Yes. Very optimistic. Um, and it's turning by from the growth we see from the consumer markets and everywhere. And um, the introduction of... Africa continental free trade area, for example, is going to boost the manufacturing sector, um, a much more stable economic environment. The ability of that area to adapt to change is going to help us. But I think the biggest opportunity that is going to stem financing into that direction is how we add value to a lot of things. We have a lot of potential, a lot of things to do. Cocoa processing, we should be able to add value um, from aluminum to agro processing, palm oil there's so much we do in terms of the raw material, but it's about time we add value, and all these things should attract financing. And you support but, us, so if we enter value addition, you support us. Yes, once the risk and cash flows are right, we will support. Time is up for this week's edition of the City Business Edition. We just brought you highlights of this week's conversations on the City Business Festival on a series. If you would like to listen to the full interviews, you can find all of them on our SoundCloud account by searching City 97.3 and check out our YouTube channel and our website. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Michael Obodu. Let's connect on Twitter at mobodu. Stay safe, stay informed, and it's bye-bye from here. I'm gonna get me some love for somebody My girl This is the City Breakfast Show The City's Biggest Conversation Wonderful morning there. Benjamin Nketiah here with the Friday edition of Kickoff. And Kickoff is proudly brought to us by Lesejo. In the headlines, Black Stars goalkeeper Joseph Wallacott joins English League One side Charlting Athletic. Black Stars captain Andrea Yu finally appears before Parliament Select Committee on Sports. And Newcastle complete signing of Burnley goalkeeper Nick Pope.
Let's get to the details now. And Andrea, you appeared before the Parliamentary Select Committee on Sports yesterday to answer questions about Ghana's poor showing at the AFCON 2021. Under his leadership, Ghana was eliminated in the first round after picking up just one point from a group that included Morocco, Gabon and Comoros. Ayu was summoned by Parliament in February 2022 but was unable to appear before the committee due to club commitments in Qatar. Now, it remains unclear what the highlights of his interaction with the Parliamentary uh, Select Committee was about. So, I uh, will we'll bring more uh, updates on this particular one. Let's get to some transfer news. An English League Two side, Charlton Athletic, have signed Black Stars goalkeeper Joseph Wolakot on a three-year deal. Now, the 25-year-old 20, joins Charlton as a free agent after his contract expired at Swindon Town where he made 39 appearances last season and helped them to the League 2 playoffs. He becomes the club's third signing ahead of the new season. He spoke after joining his new club. I like to think that I keep the ball at the back of the net, which is the most important thing for me. I've got a good starting position. I like to think that I can affect play. It's not just communication, but my position behind this, you say, sweeper-keeper. Last year, being named in team of the season was a massive privilege for me. It's always nice to get recognised for your I had my first call up in October for Ghana. That was a massive honour for me and my family. I'm still pinching myself about now. Joseph Wallacott plays for Charlton Athletic these days. Let's move on to some other stuff. And the head coach of Inswatraman Football Club, Boniface Ayipa, says he has no problem stepping down from his role ahead of their maiden Ghana Premier League campaign. Inswatraman secured promotion to Ghana's top flight after beating RT uh, Tamale Cities by two goals to one in the Division 1 playoff uh, earlier on in the week. Now, however, Ayipa may not be able to carry on as coach in the Ghana Premier League because his coaching license does not permit him him to handle a top flight club. In an interview uh, with Joy Sports, Ayipa confirmed he did not have a calf license A certificate and will look to support anyone who comes to take charge uh, should he fail to get the needed qualification before the start of next season. I don't think it's a problem. Mm. I, I, I already know about that. Mm. And so um, all that was required is to qualify the team. That's exactly what I did. Um, any other person who comes and I'm around, I will give him my utmost support, support him 100% and will achieve. Boniface Ayupa is head coach of Inswatraman Football Club. To some other news, and FIFA has confirmed that countries competing at this year's World Cup in Qatar will be allowed to name 26 player squads. Now, managers will also be able to use up to five substitutes in a game. In the past, countries have only been allowed to name 23 players in their squads, but that number has been increased following concerns over player welfare since the COVID-19 pandemic. For those players included in the World Cup squad, the final date they will be allowed to play for their clubs before the tournament begins as November 13. Now, during matches, no more than 26 uh, people will be allowed to sit on the team bench. To some uh, other news, uh, Newcastle have signed uh, England goalkeeper Nick Pope from relegated Burnley for an undisclosed fee. The 30-year-old moves to St. James Park on a four-year contract after spending six seasons at Turf Moor. Now, Pope joined Burnley in 2016 when the club was newly promoted to the top flight and made 155 appearances, including playing 36 times last season. He played an integral part in helping the club qualify for the Europa League during the 2017-2018 campaign when the Clarets finished seventh. Now, Pope is house's uh, second signing deal 
after the Magpies completed the signing of Arsenal Villa left-back Matthew Target for £15 million on a four-year contract. And finally, before we go, the Orlando Magic Day uh, selected power forward Paolo Banquero with the number one draft pick in last night's NBA draft. So Paolo Banquero is the new uh, number one draft pick in the NBA. We'll see what he brings to the league in the coming months. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Letseho, the small sports at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Breakfast show. Rise above the noise. So many we don't win a more. Many are dim Russell. Or do you have this in Zikalo? Or do you have this in Vivia? So many we don't win a more. Many are dim Russell.
The City Breakfast Show. Eight minutes past six, ninety-seven point. Actually, eight minutes past eight. Eight minutes past eight on ninety-seven point three City FM. Happy belated birthday to. Tracy Senna Yabwa, CEO of TNU Fitness. You're an amazing coach with a beautiful soul, sis. The Queen's love and appreciate you. Happy birthday to Ruth Detour, customer care officer of Access Bank. I drink another branch. Have a blast. Coming from Fatima. And to Emmanuel Bortebo, CEO Charger Limited. CEO of Happy Man Beaters. That's a very interesting name. <laughs> CEO of Happy Man Beaters and of Plus One Drinks. <laughs> Coming from Fatima and the current man private beaten. banking team of Access Bank. God bless you, sir. You are a big man. I'm sure you have a choice of names of the beaters in the system. I have, I have a long list. You have a long list. You have 42 different. Ben, please with Michael. Balu of Compassion Ghana, a special birthday. He is meek and full of wisdom. Yeah, well, well, well. Wishing him God's continuous blessings from David, uh, David yeah. Tema, yeah. Shell Camp area. Yeah. Elder Christopher Emisa of Church of Pentecost Mountain View Assembly. Happy birthday from your son Sompa Emisa and the entire Emisa family. Yeah. Happy birthday to Ahmad Jani. May the blessings of the Lord exceed your expectations. And to an amazing, loving, and caring woman, an awesome happy birthday to Elisheba Akresi Sapong from Aya, Nanapokua, and Josephine. We love you. So the big question that we got from this week, listening to my four guests on the business festival is, how does Africa develop its own value chain? 
or alternative to the global value chain. Yesterday, I was moderating a program of the Ghana Institution of Engineering, and I had on the panel the director of BRRI, which is the Building and Research Institute. And I was asking him, so when you're putting a road together, what do you need? And it seems as if the binding material for the road, which is the asphalt has to be imported and that's one of the real cost drivers for road projects in Ghana because as for the aggregate we have it in Ghana but it looks like the binding material has to be imported and that costs a lot of money so the question was what if we had a situation where we couldn't import asphalt anymore what would we do and I think that's a question we should all think about and the COVID and the Ukraine crisis have shown us that to really compete, you must not just do the finished product, but you must understand the nature of value chains. You must understand the nature of value chains and develop your own alternative value chain. Don't let the word value chain confuse you. It's basically just talking about inputs. And that means you need transport and infrastructure to support your logistical operations. Also need investment. A lot of our companies are based in the port enclave. Have you wondered why? You know, I went to MC a program at the port and I noticed that a lot of big companies at the port. It wasn't just because they wanted, it wasn't even because they wanted to export. It's because a lot of the raw materials have to be brought in from outside. And they feel that Transporting the raw material from the port to a factory in London doesn't much. make any sense. So they would rather locate a cement factory at the port or a large oil uh, producing factory at the port or Tema area because the, the raw material comes via ships and conveying the raw material inland is going to be an extra cost. So you have industrial enclaves close to the port because... We depend on global value chains for our inputs. And that's a significant proportion of most of our large companies. Now, the trouble is that activities that create value and transform inputs into finished products are concentrated in developed countries rather than developing countries. According to a World Bank report, if we increase our value chain participation by 1%, it would increase our per capita income by more than 1%. There is a big deficiency in product upgrading on this part of the world. So that's one of the things we should be thinking about as Ghanaians. We've said this many times, most African countries are primarily commodity producers and we need to change this. You export raw timber and buy finished doors from Turkey and China. You export raw gold and buy finished product from somewhere. You export raw chocolate and buy finished product from some other place. That has to change. Otherwise, we'll remain poor forever. So we need government, we need private capital to start supporting African economies in the global value chain. This is a summary of what Ahum Kalinsi and Co. said this week on the show.
We'll come into this later on. Yesterday, the parliamentary uh, parliamentary committee visited Jata Cement, and oh. I thought that was an interesting visit. And uh, I'll take you into that visit. Um, this was led by Chairman Sabunsu. Indeed, the majority and minority that were there together, and I thought it was really nice to have a joint committee visit a a, a company in Ghana. And uh, I thought that was a good visit. And if you listen to the kind of things they said, these are the kinds of things we want to hear when our parliamentarians are working together. So we are you some highlights of that and how that ad- addresses the kind of thing we're talking about. Bakiko was brought to us by Lesheho. If you're a government worker or private salary worker, ready to go big with your passion, we have big news for you. Take a new loan between the month of May and August. Receive a cashback reward. Apply for our competitive payroll loans and get rewarded big. Call 0577-699-923 or go to appforms.lesheho.com. Let's go big together. Ever try sending money or paying a bill and receive a message saying insufficient balance? Well, say hello to Vodafone Cash Overdraft, a new and innovative service. It enables you to complete your Vodafone Cash transactions by allowing you to access additional funds needed to complete the transaction. Dial star 110 has select option 5 and fill the prompts to obtain. Now, if you are buying data for, say, 50 CDs and you have only 30 in your wallet, you get a notification that you can access additional funds to complete your transaction by accepting the overdraft option. Switch to Vodafone now and take advantage of this. And don't forget that Ashesi over the past 20 years has been educating ethical entrepreneurial leaders through high-impact experiential education. Ashesi is now recognized as one of Africa's leaders with a bold vision to raise the bar for higher education on the continent. Our graduates are considered among the world's best and receive job offers start businesses for graduate school within six months of graduation. As we celebrate our 20 years, we urge you to join us. Remember, admissions are ongoing. Go to ashesi.edu.gh for more information. And people are always searching for convenience, a simple and easy life. And with Pokia, you get that. Now, Pokia is a virtual assistant from Star Assurance, and she gives you the ability to be anywhere and still purchase or renew your motor insurance at any time. You can chat with Pokia today on WhatsApp number 0242436160 or dial uh, short code star 713 star 222 hash and enjoy a smooth and quick service. Star Assurance is your solid partner. Now, are you having challenges with your insurance company? Are you faced with issues such as delays, refusal to pay claims and all of that? Then speak to the Ghana Insurance Association. They have set up a complaint management and advice bureau to settle all insurance-related issues between insurance users and insurance companies. You can reach out to them on star 800-442, star 800-STAR-442 hash, or call them to free 0800-442-000 or send them a WhatsApp message 0552-559-698. Get them on Facebook and Twitter at Ghana Insurance or send them an email complaints at ghanainsurance.org.gh Now the University of South Africa is inviting all prospective and currently registered students to an open day to be held on Friday uh, June 24 which is today and mm-hmm. tomorrow mm-hmm. at the Fiesta Royale Hotel North Joel, the UNISA Open Day aims to empower both current and prospective students to make informed decisions about undergrad and postgrad studies at UNISA. UNISA, the African University in the Service of Humanity. Visit unisa.az.za for more info. 
Happy birthday to Dr. Samuel Ninoy Ashon. Many people call you teacher, boss, mentor, chairman, and friend. You've always impacted countless lives in numerous ways, but we get to call you husband, daddy, and grandpa on your 68th. We want you to know that we do not take the grace and privilege of having you in our lives for granted. We love you so much. From uh, Miss Mrs. Maud Akusia Ashong, from Duke and Apieli, from Nayu and Apioko, and Danny and Kylie and your grandchildren. I call them the Apietus clan. In the mix. So, so there's the Apieli, Apioko and Kylie. <laughs> if they had a fourth bond, they would have called the Apietus. <laughs> well, let me say a happy, let me send birthday wishes to Rachel Jemfi mm-hmm. of NHIA from your siblings, Juliet, Asari, Sion, Romeo, and Trudy, and the entire family. They say welcome to the third floor. Enjoy your big day and that they love you. Few more birthdays coming in. Happy birthday to you, Aram Nuhoho. Enjoy the day to the max. God bless you. All right, we're going to take you to something the MPs did. And you know me, I like bipartisanship. Mm. Yeah, I like. So there are two things you always get me when people are trying to work together in parliament. It helps because I think sometimes we are too partisan, and I also think when they go out of their way to try and support a Ghanaian business, I think it's a good thing. And I think yesterday's visit take both boxes. So let me take you to a quick report. Duke was there. Duke is the parliamentary correspondent. Duke Mensah mm. Poku, and uh, he's going to go. So I'll, I'll bring that report shortly. But if you're thinking of growing your business, then CalBank has the right tools to support your SME. We don't just think about your business. We support you and your business, no matter how small it may be. With our business and SME loans, working capital loans, green financing loans, coupled with our advisory and capacity building support, we can do more than just banking when it comes to your business success. To learn more about our business and SME loans, call us toll free 0800-500-500 or chat with us online, CalBank Forward Together. And there are many things you can do by way of investment. Reserving a land at Dodowa Hills is one of them. Premium plots have electricity, water, gym, fitness, swimming pool, lots of nice things. Pay 5,000 deposit, reserve a land, pay the balance within a year to own a premium plot. Call 054-0633-569 or go to dodowahillsgh.com. So here is a quick report from the company. Yes, of the house also went on a visit to the Jata Cement plant in Tema. After a tour of the facilities, group CEO of the firm, Ibrahim Mahama, bemoaned the rising cost of power on their operations. You need a lot of power to be able to burn it into kiln, into the, uh, the clinker. Now, if you look at the power, power prices today, it really doesn't... Uh, is not attractive to do that. But in, when Ghana gets into the excess power producing, that's what we would be looking to do to be able to start the backward integration. The majority of minority leaders suggested various ways to boost the operations of indigenous firms like Jata Sebet. A lot of financial capital. Um, it takes money from the banks. If interest rates are high, you will not help him. It's the reason why we should all help to bring some stability in the financial circles. Again, production so much depends on uh, power that is generated and sold to them. If the cost of power is high, 
it suddenly would affect the cost of the cement. Only in Ghana that industry pays more than ordinary consumers when it comes to electricity. It's been a matter that the Association of Ghana Industries have put on the table since uh, my days as Minister for Trade. We would need institutional reforms in order to be able to correct it, to guarantee uh, lower costs for them. Mm. So that was Harun uh, Adrisu. Uh, I was there with Chairman Sobonsu. Interesting times indeed. A couple of things I found interesting. You, apparently in Ghana, uh, companies pay more for power than households. Mm. I don't know whether that's the same everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what you think. What do you make of that? Companies pay more than individuals. So like, if you if you set up a factory, you will pay more for power. power. Even though you use more. Yes. Because if you use more, then you should, you should pay less. Less. Because you, I don't know, it's, it's weird. It's something we should be talking, we should, we should be doing something about. I'm not advocating for more power for, for individual household users. But obviously, companies paying more, it's a bit problematic. It's almost like a disincentive. Yeah. yeah. And um, the reason I'm saying this is, you know, building materials have gone up because of the Russia issue. Iron rods apparently gone up. And if you are building any house, cement is one of the main components. Cement prices have increased incredibly in the past one year you know so i don't know what the committee is asking for whether those tax reliefs will translate into lower prices you know maybe the committee should convince the public that if they do the price reductions or they do the tax reliefs it will mean that the, the cement companies will reduce reduce their their price what do you make of jata cement it's an interesting business you know i saw <laughs> last a few months ago alan chamati visited them the, one of their biggest champions has been uh, yeah, the Safu Mafu. Yes, he's also been there. Now you have the uh, committee go. You know, it's a, it's interesting because it's owned by the former president's brother. Yes. So it's... Um, and he's had considerable yeah. problems with the... Yeah, so it's, it's, an inter- comp- it's, an interesting, it's an interesting business. What do you think? Yeah, but I... I, I but I said yesterday, you know, I made the point that for us to get to where we want to get, we need people to get to a certain level. Um... Let me say that in doing so, we need strong institutions. Institutions mm-hmm. that will put such people on their tools and check them. So that they will not yeah, become a law unto themselves. A law unto themselves and do things in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But we, I, I spoke about skill mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what he, he has invested his money into yeah. solves a significant plus a hole that we have in the market. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we hope that all the other factors that are required will come into play for him to be able to grow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. And we must have that link mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the public and the private. Mm. You know, the government. Mm. That is why it's interesting that we've had the trade minister go there. Mm-hmm. Osafuma, who is a senior advisor to the president on mm-hmm. certain affairs, also go there mm-hmm. to see how best they can help move them from point A to point B. Maybe in five years, mm-hmm. the technology would have improved. The company would be much bigger. They will be a competitor mm-hmm. with others. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's going to get like a dangote, mm-hmm. but I'm saying if you have him grow mm-hmm. where maybe he can supply somewhere in Benin or other places, mm-hmm. it's good. 
You understand? Maybe we can, we can look at the competitive dynamics again because I think we have four main cement factories. We have Kassem, which is the largest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we have Diamond, Diamond Cement, yeah. which is Diamond Cement is interesting because they have like uh, <laughs> factories in Aflao, Wipo, and they yeah. basically have tried to use limestone to produce clinker in addition to importing some of the clinker they need. Yeah. Then you have um, Dangote, mm-hmm. which is based in Nigeria. Yeah. And then you have now Jata, which is trying to do it as uh, its mm. um, final work in Tema. And, and the thing for me is that there's no mm. perfect framework for the conversation we've had mm-hmm. about trying to move ourselves from where we are as mm-hmm. primary commodity producers to countries that, or to a country, since we are referring to Ghana, to a country that at least is a decent player mm-hmm. in the value chain addition Mm-hmm. Process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, where mm-hmm. we can produce certain quality products mm-hmm. on a certain scale that impacts the economy properly over a long period of time. Mm. Now, we've not been able to do this well, and we must. I've been trying to, just, just, just since we had the conversation, I've been looking at other countries and what pertains. Mm-hmm. And what I can say is that one, I can conf- I don't even need to confirm this to you. Kovic has shown that. And the recent economic crisis, and in fact, it started from the U.S. For instance, started from 2008. Mm-hmm. There is deglobalization. Oh yes, everybody is thinking for himself. Regionalization, you understand? Isolation. Now, what can I do mm-hmm. to do? So, if you look at even some of the major European firms and what mm-hmm. they've been producing, uh, most of them are moving closer to home, so their factories are getting closer. Governor, don't worry. I'll come back to you. Let me just do a couple of things. But two things have come out strongly: is that cost of power and cost of water. Doesn't make sense for for. I'll come to that. So I'll come to that in a bit. This is eight twenty nine. Let me just tell about Shell. We salute the kings of the road, the taxi drivers, the trotto drivers, truck and buses, who use our products. And Shell is giving you the fuel safe, designed to last longer and make your hassle more rewarding. Don't settle for just any fuel. Make the good choice with Shell Fuel Safe. Build points with your Shell Club points for free, family, and third-party insurance cover, as well as for groceries and other basic and future needs. Visit your nearest Shell station today. Join the Shell Club and enjoy the ma- the fuel that takes care of the car, so you can make more to take care of yourself. Driver, Shell day or side. Terms and conditions apply. Go well. Quick announcement from Jacora Ventures: because of the increasing cost of operations. We are appealing to cherish clients to pay promptly for services delivered. And uh, is this is in relation to private businesses, residents, and especially government ministries, departments, and agencies. Now, we are also asking that you settle your arrears as early as possible to avoid prosecution by the municipal assembly. This appeal is to enable Jacora meet its increasing operational costs, fuel, repairs, and maintenance and mounting salary arrears so we can continue to provide the best of service to you. Help us serve you better and keep the city clean. It's 8.30. Let's bring you your money. It's brought to you by CBG. We stand with you. So it's Friday morning, and Nathan will 
give us a quick wrap of some of the highlights for the week. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, this week we did a lot of philosophy, a lot of thinking. Uh, Monday we started off with being financially literate, very important. And then Tuesday we mentioned skills as the key tools uh, to making you rich, not theories. Skills to make you rich and not theories. Wednesday we talked about a mindset or a change of mindset in viewing things. If you say I can't afford it, it's um, shutting down your brain. If you say how can I afford it, it opens up possibilities. And then yesterday's tip was about getting rid of bad customers. If you are getting rid of bad employees, get rid of bad customers because they will be a burden on your business. So this week we've done a lot of business tips, a lot of philosophy, and we'll see what next week uh, will bring. Fantastic. It's a, but it don't get, I can use the city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. The sun shall not smite I by day, nor the moon by night, and everything that I do shall be upful and bright, and if it's all night, it got to be all right, if it's all night, got to be all right, hey mama. Time check is 8.36. Now, a very interesting numbers about unemployment. So apparently, 140 million people aged between 15 and 35 are unemployed in Africa. This is a third of the entire continent's youth population. According to the African Development Bank, up to 263 million young people will be deprived of employment prospects in the near future. So we need companies that can employ. Governor, I feel when people ask for tax relief, maybe the government should ask them how many people you employ. We should be able to give tax reliefs on the basis of numbers employed. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's good to have small companies. And, you know, there's always this dichotomy between doing a lot of small, small, small companies like two, three, two, three, two, three. Mm-hmm. So you need like a thousand small businesses versus having like 20 large companies. All right, because I was—I don't know where I was yesterday, but someone was talking about a company that employed seventy-five thousand people in some country. Charlie, seventy-five thousand people yeah. working for a company. Yeah. 
You know, imagine if that company were based, say, in Tamale, mm. and it employed seven. So, so imagine if you have like a cement company producing clinker and you are based in Tamale, and you've employed ten thousand people, mm-hmm. like that. That because see, one of the things I noticed in the UK when I went was that you go to certain parts of the country, and it's like a whole company has taken over. So you go to a place like Slough. Yeah. Then you see there are some businesses there you go to. Even some towns which are considered like dead towns. Yeah. Like I there was this this place I used to go to visit my friend. Um Warsaw. It's not such a big town. There's a large company there called Homeserve. So most of the people who who work for Homeserve live around that area. Mm. So what they do is that they even though a lot of companies are in London, you have concentration of companies in parts of the UK. Yeah. Like Birmingham. You know, there's something called Greater Birmingham. Okay. So Wolverhampton, West Brom, Birmingham itself, and you a lot of factories. Yeah, the UK, you go, you no, go. No, no, yeah, so what I'm saying is that you see what I'm saying is that the, the develop- you, go, you, you, you talk about China the same way. No, okay. so, so what I'm saying is that there, there, there are a couple of things. Companies were not just based in one small enclave like everybody's in Tema. Tema, yeah. So you go to Greater Birmingham and there are lots of companies. And people live, people move to the area because mm-hmm. of the work. Yes. So I am saying, if you have clinker, say, in parts of Savannah region, yeah. so Diamond Cement, they have a factory there. Yeah. Yeah. If you find a way of boosting their capacity, the number of people they can employ who go and live there, mm-hmm. it's like Bui Power Authority. A lot yeah. of people don't know Bui. You move to the, and that's how you do, the development is not just based on sharing money for district assemblies. Yes. It's getting companies to move, move into, into places. places. I'll give you an example. I was in Ho. There's no big business there. Yeah. Most of the p- p- things you see in Ho, government workers, and then traders, and then what else? The Ho Poly. Okay. And then you has. Okay. Do you get me? So there is no. Meanwhile, there are large. Meanwhile, there are large rice farms. There are large plantations that you can have a process. So if you have like a processing factory, mm-hmm. located ten kilometers outside Ho mm-hmm. town, employing twenty thousand people, you've mm-hmm. changed the economy. So kind of like what, again, it takes me back to, like I said, I took a tour to Blue Skies the other day. Mm-hmm. So kind of like what they have there, because I just saw, they have like different shifts. It looks like it runs constantly, mm-hmm. what I saw. Mm-hmm. And they employ basically well, around the bro yeah. and all those areas. Yeah. Buses bring them in, they go there. Yeah. Which is why I'm coming to a point. So this is the point I'm making. When you go to Tema, the industrial enclave, you have lots of companies. Why? Because a lot of these companies need to import their raw material. Mm-hmm. Now, Transporting the raw material yeah. into the hinterland doesn't make sense. So a lot of the companies are based at the port. port yeah. Wilma is near the port. Diamond Cement uh, have a, a Tema thing. Chata Cement is at the port. I think Gasem is in Tema. Now, my challenge with that is that the, it becomes an enclave, but it doesn't spread development into the country. Mm-hmm. Do you understand me? Mm. It's also because we don't have the raw materials needed for these companies in the hinterland developed. Mm. So we have to import the raw material. So even though it's great to have big companies in Tema, that's actually not the key to development. You've been in UK, you know what I'm talking about. How a place like Slough, like, would, if, if it wasn't for business, would you know of Slough? But there are lots of big companies in Slough. Was it deliberate? Absolutely. Yeah. I was in Birmingham, uh, no, Reading, PepsiCo, large company. PepsiCo. People, in fact, people have moved to the town because of the company so i'm I'm arguing that even though we have lots of big companies they have not yet been able to change our 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 
What's the word the to development you? Development spread. Yes, because we don't have companies linked to the raw material production in the hinterlands. Mm. So having to import raw materials means you have to be in Tema. Mm. So if it, being in Tema is good, but it doesn't help the rest of us that much. Yeah, which is... Do, do you, do you, do you which is why before Samens comes mm. in, I was a bit confused by the 1D1F. Mm-hmm. In its original iteration, mm-hmm. when when mm-hmm. we followed it closely, be- mm-hmm. before it metamorphosed into what it is now, yeah, there was supposed to be a link between it and, for instance, our mix and labor service. Exactly. So you would look at the numbers after the survey and know that, okay, the most unemployed people in Ghana at the moment are maybe in region A, region B, region C. What do they do there? Mm-hmm. And then situate yeah. a factory there to create something. Yeah. All right. Employ people there mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. the natural resources that mm-hmm. are available there. And that then, was the idea. That was the original idea that was mooted. And then. But the problem with that. It changed later. The problem is that you haven't developed the value chain in that district mm-hmm. to make it make economic sense to locate the factory there. Yeah. So yes. give me a good example. So let's, let's talk at them. Let's talk at cement. Yeah. Why would I go and locate a cement factory in, say, one region? Or big, what, do you understand? Yes. The route leading to the place is not it's good not enough. Good. The raw material is imported. Mm-hmm. The if, if there was a vital like human resource, so yesterday I was talking about who. So like you have a vital resource of smart people who know coding, who live in a particular part of the town, then you can send the company there. Yeah. So I think our challenge as a country is we have not developed value addition to raw materials to produce inputs. Okay. So most of our companies have to import what? their inputs. And that means Tema is the main place they can be located. And Tema cannot expand beyond what it actually is already. Mm-hmm. Do you understand me? And I think that in thinking about our development, we must think about decentralizing this Accra Tema issue. Yeah. Because the problem with Accra Tema is it becomes choked. The, the, we start reaping negative effects of overcrowding. Things uh, rent becomes expensive. So if everybody's moving to Tema because the factories are located here, yes, you can have a satellite town like a Shaiman. But really, what you want is to have what is happening in Tema. Have have one in say Sunyani, just mm-hmm. on Kranza somewhere. Or target a Lubo and say it's a border town. You, so let's get something. So here. I I don't. So no, I, think, I think again we're all saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what we 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 refer to in in development economics are growth poles. Mm-hmm. You know, which are deliberate enclaves mm-hmm. that are. Um, earmarked with specific mm-hmm. mission to stimulate business growth in mm-hmm. a particular direction. Mm-hmm. China is um, the capital of growth pools. <laughs> you, you understand? <laughs> so within Ghana, mm-hmm. we, we can say have uh, 100 growth pools mm-hmm. um, targeted at different sectors of the economy, mm. making sure that they, they are integrated to the, to the, to the whole Makeup of the economy mm-hmm. properly mm-hmm. S- uh, synchronized is the word I'm trying to use, mm-hmm. um, so that the country generally will have the net benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't come at the expense of another, but it's built on one's effort to, you know, help the country. Mm-hmm. So we can do that mm-hmm. when we consider the entire value chain. If we pick a particular industry, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the cement, for instance, mm-hmm. who manufactures the clinker? That's the question. Mm-hmm. 
okay, if the clinker manufacturing brings proper value, then let's look at that mm-hmm. within the chain and mm-hmm. see where we can, we can put yes. that. Because for now, they all have to import large percentage of their clinker yes. from abroad. Which geographical location will be best suited for this clinker manufacturing? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but the thing, the 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 nature of globalization mm-hmm. is also putting pressure on how um, you know mm-hmm. economies are, are are managed these days. Mm-hmm. Forty, fifty years ago. Manufacturing was pure manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Today, manufacturing is not pure manufacturing. Manufacturing is finance. Manufacturing mm-hmm. is services. Mm-hmm. 30, 40 years ago, road construction was a technical issue. Today, is a financial Let issue. Let me ask you a question. Based on what you are saying, if, for example, the government decides that we want to support a factory in Tamale, they may not have the access to the raw material. I'd rather you use an enterprise in Tamale and okay, not so, a factory. Okay, so, because, you see, the thinking that it always has to be brick and mortar is my challenge. No, I, I'm, I'm coming to something. Mm-hmm. But it's because, it's something, it's because, as I said yesterday, the, the brick and mortar have more absorptive capacity I am not employment. so sure about that. I am not so sure about that. Uh, that's a bit of No, I can explain. Because, see, let's say... If you, Godfrey is in the uh, yeah. uh, creative arts. Yeah. In order for you to put up a show like uh, uh, um, the South African uh, Umoja. musical dance, Umoja, yeah. how many people will you have to employ, engage? A lot. But so I'm just saying that. I know, I get you. We just haven't expanded. But, but okay, let me explain myself. I'm saying that ma- manufacturing as a sector mm-hmm. has more forward and backward linkages than services that's correct generally that is correct number two most of our people are in agriculture mm-hmm. so if you do a manufacturing of say eco juice or you are adding value to a raw agricultural product it makes more sense to locate it within like a, a the hinterlands to use that to revamp the economy i, I you know this 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 uh, Commentary of most of our people are in agriculture. I I I can't, I, I find it difficult true. to to understand. Subsistence <laughs> agriculture is what we are talking yes, about. Yes. Not industrial agriculture. No, no. And what feeds a nation yeah. at that level is industrial agriculture, which we have failed abysmally. No, but you are trying to solve two problems. You are trying to also give people. You see, what I'm saying is that if you have like forty percent of your people are f- uh, farming and planting, say watermelon. Mm-hmm. If the watermelon doesn't have a buyer who will guarantee Market, them yeah. an income, mm-hmm. they will be very poor. That's so true. in addition to wanting to do industrial agriculture, you must have a factory that can say, I will offtake all your watermelon in three months and give you a guaranteed payment. So I'm saying that... That's it, the cocoa board m- model. That's what I'm trying that's to say. And I'm saying that, that yeah. type of thing, mm-hmm. the, 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 the challenge we are facing is that people are moving to Accra because they don't have work in the regions. If you incentivize companies to go to the regions... You can even use a tax incentive to say if you locate your factory in a place which is not Accra, because you see, if somebody has work to do in the hinterland, he will not come to Accra. But you have a brilliant point, mm. but I'll ask another question. Mm. Godfrey, what is Ghana Immigration Head Office doing in Accra? What do you mean? What I'm saying is that why have we concentrated all corp- state corporate agencies headquarters in Accra? Oh, so everything about state institutions. Institutions. Now. Well, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to that point where we need to spread development. Mm-hmm. If passport office 
were located in Kintampo. Mm. Do you know what you are going to create? You are going to create business for transport. People will go there. People will go there. You are going to create... You see, what I'm saying is that this over-concentration mm. in Accra, it's not just within the private sector as you're talking about. They are, they are picking lessons from the state model. So which is easier? Do, is it easier to, to use the government to do that spread out or to use business? No, I think that there are certain mm. services mm-hmm. that have no business being in Accra. Including government services. Of course. Including government services. That's what I'm saying. There's Even no though business. the majority of those who demand the service may be the Accra people. No, because that's what we're born knowing. Who told you that if we had passport office in Kintampo, people would not go to Kintampo? They would say that it's too far, so they don't want a passport. So the government should, you are saying, they're going to lead in this issue by not oh, just incentivizing over. companies to go, but, yes. but they themselves and come to Accra, for instance. Mm-hmm. Every ministry is in one area. Why? And, and when there's traffic, I we are wondering. I think there was a reason for that. Which reason? It's, that's that's nineteen sixty. Whatever. Location economies. What's economies? No, let me like. No, I'm not justifying. Let me just no, explain. I'm just what they're trying to do is that, like, we you have, see how you see how you go to London. All the post sell shoes are in the same place. No, the it's sell, not true. Or all the post sell. No, it's not true. No, but under countries where you have people who who do the same thing, the same side. Markets, uh-huh. markets. But what I'm saying is that we have created a problem, and we are looking for solution. Uh-huh. And the folu- the solution lies in dispersing mm. development. So the government should take the lead. Yes. By by spreading the out its services outside Accra. That should not be in Accra. I'm telling you. So you think by that way the companies will follow? Yes. No. And then and incentivize then the companies. Incentivize the, the companies to follow. So let me ask another For question. For instance, mm-hmm. let me let me just ask. It may sound mm-hmm. controversial. Mm-hmm. National Cathedral. Mm-hmm. Why should it be at Ridge? Why, why should it be? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Why should it be located at Ridge? At Ridge to add to when Dodoa co- is to, there. To add to the congestion of the... When Dodoa is yeah, sitting you. there. When Pram Pram is sitting there. You yeah. see, I'm just saying. So, it's that kind of leadership mm. will now draw industry to spread okay. and development. So, let's, let's come but back. It's like, what happens when new mm-hmm. communities start to sprawl? All of a sudden, Everybody corner shops start to open, mm. restaurants start to operate, all mm. kinds of things start to emerge. But let's come back to the, the parliamentary guys. Yesterday, they went to uh, Diamond Cement in Tema. I don't know what you guys make of that. And they were making an argument that the cost of power for companies is too high, the cost of water is too high, and that in most countries, companies pay less for water and electricity because they are using it for a productive purpose, and they are using more of it. So the fact that they are using more of it means that they are going to pay you more in the long run. Do you get me? So, like, individual homes don't use that much power. So it makes, makes sense to sell power cheaper to companies than to individuals. But I'm told that Ghana is almost like uh, the only country within the sub-region where power costs more for companies than for individuals. I don't know what you guys think. Whether that's... And the parliamentarians were asking for power to be reduced. And we pay electricity bill. We are a company. I don't know what you think. What you think? Do you agree with the MPs that they should reduce power for companies? Well, I think if as a country we've come to the stage of our development where mm. we think that the equation must change. I think it's for Parliament to come back and say it. Mm. But not mm. forgetting that mm-hmm. provision of electricity is now a commercial service, mm. not necessarily a development element under the control of government like it used to be. Because of the new power sources and all exactly. the, the mixes. So, mm. yes, mm. Um, mm. the governments mm. of the 60s and the 70s made it so because consumption mm-hmm. at the domestic level was subsidized mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because government again controlled it. Mm. Now, people are moving away from that. 
Oh, so the fact that it's cheaper at home doesn't necessarily mean that they are deliberately. It's because of the subsidy, Subs- possibly. Yes, because of the subsidy. Uh, so they don't subsidize it for the. So because it's, they know so that it's not, it's not as if they've made it, so they made it more money. expensive for companies. They've just made it cheaper for households no, no, because no, no. Yeah, they all exactly. households. So it's not the same argument. No, no, no. no. All right, that's interesting because uh, the way the MP spoke, it suggested as if they were saying we are selling power higher for yeah. companies in a punitive that's way. That's a fact, but mm. but the background uh, is that the consumption at the at the domestic level was rather subsidized because it was seen as a development. Yes, a development yeah, effort. Too, yes. Well, then that changes the conversation. And that, that's why that even electricity extension to certain villages came without any financial commitment. I was checking the list last week, and Ghana is, I think, number six on uh, penetration of electricity. I think Algeria, Tunisia, Seychelles. So Ghana is actually I mean, very you, high. You, on, on, Ghana is very high. On, in, in terms of that matrix, yeah. we, we, are, we rank quite highly. Yeah. In a few, but few what few are we using it for? So, for that's, example, if you have 86% electricity penetration, how does that relate to, say, your literacy? Because if you have countries like Kenya, which have like 72, it means that in a typical village in Ghana, they have access to power and Kenya doesn't. Mm-hmm. That should mean something for literacy. Mm-hmm. Because if I have access to power, mm-hmm. it means I can read a book in the night. I don't need a, 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 a lantern to do it. So the, It should also draw other things, like internet. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. And then companies. Because if you have electricity in rural areas, because this is like the base. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't know. I, I feel yeah, that... We, we are unique in many ways. Mm. <laughs> a lot of ways. I'm telling you, we are unique in many ways. Look, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Um, you notice that the telcos rushed to Ghana Initially. in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Giddy, 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 mm-hmm. giddy. And late 90s. Late 90s, mm-hmm. yes. The signal out there was Ghana was such a solid market mm-hmm. for, for, for telecommunications. Mm-hmm. Now, you come and look at the numbers mm. and compare to other regions, our numbers actually fell short of what pertain in other regions. When you say numbers, what are you talking about? The number of subscribers. Okay. You know, it turned out <laughs> that the reason telcos were doing well at the time mm. was that it's what time spent talking. Time spent we talking. We actually spent more time talking. on the phone. Not, than, that, not necessarily that we had the more average. subscribers. <laughs> the we talk longer. Yes. <laughs> okay. And that was that was it. <laughs> so so so, but that's 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 a good thing. That's what I'm saying. That for the uniqueness uh, about. So we, because we talk more, so the voice thing was doing very yes. well for a long time. <laughs> a few quick comments are coming on this. Okay. Uh, for for you. Uh, this one is coming from. Uh, Johnson says, Bernard, mm-hmm. the Ghana Immigration Service head office in Accra is not even negotiating. Tell us, amends that the Northern Development Authority head office is situated in cantonment <laughs> in Accra. Northern Development. It's joking. It's not. No, 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 no. It's, it's just not the head office, but they have an office it's here. Ah, uh, okay. And the, again, it <laughs> underscores the point we are making. They have the office here because it becomes too expensive okay. to locate it in Tamale or somewhere in the north mm. because all the sources of development funding mm. will be found in Accra. Mm. When they are calling for meetings, yeah. it's in Accra. So you who is located somewhere, you are disadvantaged. It's interesting. You understand? <laughs> so, the, ne- the next question does well. Mm-hmm. The ministry in charge of the development authority, so called, mm-hmm. 
why should that one be in Accra yeah. and not in say Sunyani? Another question for you. Uh, okay, come in, Bernard. On your discussion, uh, yes, tax laws. Our tax laws provide for location incentives for manufacturing companies. Manufacturing companies in Accra and Tema pay tax at twenty five percent. Those located in regional capitals and outside Accra pay corporate tax of eighteen point seven five percent, a rebate of twenty five. Those in other areas other than regional capitals pay twelve percent. 12.5 rebate is 50. There is also additional in, uh, deduction of expenses in the wages and salaries of employment offered fresh graduates in addition to their salary cost. This is to help reduce youth unemployment. Well, thank you, Ali. I wish the uh, the within zero rate their taxes because I really think that one of the reasons why our rural areas are not getting development is that factories are not moving there. So 12.5% tax rebate. But if they have to import their raw material, if you look at the cost of transporting mm-hmm. that thing to the village, it's too much. So we have to think of a new model in addition to the tax incentive. Right. We know what to do. Only that the the <laughs> the, 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 the what do you call it? the reluctance to do the, the will to do. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that the inertia, the will is inertia? Let me ask you a question. At what point do you see under President Kofor? Mm-hmm. We said we're going to build an inland port. Bankra. The site is still How there. many years now? Almost, Almost 20 years. 20 years now. The thing is still a development site. <laughs> the, you understand? The, the, the because is somebody there. is not thinking that if we put that development... Uh, what, uh, in uh, in port there. First of all, you are decongesting Tema and Takrade. Mm-hmm. Pressure on the motorway is gone yes. down. Yep. Pressure on the the streets and the roads that we have constructed with our money will be going down. Mm. You are creating new value, new businesses, mm. new settlements. I have a question for you guys so shortly. I'm coming. I'll give you that question shortly. We're talking about business. Yesterday we were discussing how to save the country from the over dependence on the U.S. dollar, and how we're asking for the uh, scholarship secretariat to stop subsidizing universities in other countries mm-hmm. by giving scholarships to Ghanaians to go and study courses because which could don't be, pay CDs which, yes, which could be studied here <laughs> and, I, and I think that point went down well because a number of people sent comments to support that view and the fact that a lot of people who go and travel who go and study don't even come back so we spend our hard-earned USD to subsidize other universities we also spoke generally about repatriation of profits and that the fact that GIPC is supporting people to set up businesses here is not the end of the equation. So coming to set a business here is, not, is the beginning, it's not the end. The other issue was whether we had enough local or indigenous champions. champions. And I'll get to that in a bit. We're coming to, we're coming to that in a second. Because when we did a, a brief back of the envelope analysis, we realized that our main competitors, Kenya, Nigeria, Tanzania, they seem to have more to show than our people. So which is why the in the visit of the MPs to Jata Cement interested me. Mm-hmm. Because um, you know Ibrahim Muhammad Samez more than I do. His company seems to have finally attracted attention from all sides. So we understand the trade minister has gone there. The senior minister has been there. Mm-hmm. A joint committee has gone there. And they are not overtly saying he should be given an advantage. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. quite clear that when his but, when but, his company started, people were interested in the fact that they could help bring down cement prices. I remember that was the initial argument that possibly with his entrance, there could be a, a way the cement yes. price could come down. I don't know what, what you think about no, that. I'm just going to ask a question. What if they said he should be given an advantage? 
Oh, so yeah, they should. You, you support Why that? not? They should be given. Ah, you see, him. because this is the model that works. They should give him that an indigent when they veer into such enterprises, the state should push them mm. because it it actually absolves the state of a lot of problems. Mm. You understand? So you should, you should shamelessly do it. They should do it, <laughs> and when they do it, they should, they should replicate it in other uh, sectors. So the state should give the Ghanaian owned so that he will have an advantage over the foreigners. This is how nations are built. I'm telling you. Let me. Let me. Every just, country is wow. doing it. So, hold on. So hold they shouldn't even try and be neutral. Oh, no, but let's you let's you neutral. Let me just. Let me just. <laughs> have, we've seen. Foreigners come in. Look, and we love it when foreigners come. We learn from them. Like they this. pass on their their their, yeah. their, their competences yeah. and all this thing. This but but mm. there's time they say goodbye to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right in this our industry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right yeah. here oh, they, in they, our they leave, they We have seen people from other countries play the game at a very high level. Today they are no more they in leave. Ghana. They will leave. They will leave. But the people, the remnants, they'll, those they'll, who they'll, remain. They'll, yeah. Let's push them shamelessly. Even in, remember, 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 remember there was an, a competitor pay TV that came a few years mm. ago. When the numbers were not working well, they left. They left. They, 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 uh, it's, it's a lot. So in, in, it, 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 <laughs> I'm just going to run something by you. So mm-hmm. we are looking at, I'm looking at frameworks, right? Mm-hmm. That Brazil, Russia, mm-hmm. India, China, mm-hmm. right? I think they are fair examples to use in the conversation we're having. Bricks. So, if you look at uh, China, for instance, mm-hmm. state-owned enterprises control half the economy. Of course. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a socialist structure. Yeah. So mm-hmm. members of the Chinese diaspora control many of the foreign corporations that mm-hmm. operate there. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, India mirrors the same. China. And it's even crazier in India because public sector corporations occupy nowhere near as prominent a place as they do in China. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. Unlike China, India is very wary of foreign investment, mm. even by members of the Indian diaspora. So they, they want the people to they be from here, like somebody who is here in India to yes, do it. They okay. do now, if you look at Brazil, they are mixing both features, China mm. and India. Mm-hmm. Right? Then if you do Russia, <laughs> <laughs> Russia is also doing a lot of state pushed. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of state entities. That's why you have the Gazproms mm-hmm. and the others. Mm. Now, the, the question: One model will work for Ghana. E- exactly. I think that the model may not be state set up, but state push. Yeah. Because I, when I, the state I, sets it up, they put political people I, to run I, the thing. I, I will always go for the for the UK model. What do they do? Where certain um, components of the economy are state state managed. managed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, transportation. Mm. The real, these net, these real people. Yeah, not state owned, state Ma- managed. managed. Okay, state managed. <clears throat> okay. Um, uh, utilities, mm-hmm. state managed, mm-hmm. but privately owned. Oh, is it? Of course. I thought it was rather opposite. No, but you see the the trains and things. They're private, privately by, owned. By Ghana, but state money because they are benchmarks that are managed by the regulator. That if you fall mm. far of it, you're out. You're out. That's the red buses you see on the on the on the streets of London, they are privately owned. But in Ghana, don't you think it's the opposite that will work? No, I'm just where you have that like state because we don't have the resources owned but privately managed. managed. Would that not be better? Some some configuration should work, but I'm just saying that mm. there has to be private involvement 
but there has to be strong regulation. But you see, the other point is about state push. So in addition to mm-hmm. state ownership and management, the issue in the India cases is like, so like the Ibrahim Amma case, so there can be a state push to yeah. say, we are going to give you specific incentives because we've set this benchmark for you. And because we know that when you make profit, you stay here, you don't go anywhere. So this is the advantage we are giving you, but this is the condition that we are placing yeah. on it. But that condition has to be regulated. That's the point. This is, so, that, so that's the in, point. In the UK, that's the, the regulator point. is very powerful. That, that's the point. But, so, I, but I think the first point then, the first thing to do then might be understanding that you need the state push. Oh yes, yes. It but is, unfortunately, it is a common denominator but, but, in every country. But, 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 but we have but, not but, managed but we that summit. It has we, to be deliberate. We, 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 don't, exactly. we don't do, we don't. It. We don't do it. it. It has to be. We, we haven't done it deliberately. Let me ask you a question. People have done it when you belong to their party. Uh, or say, you let, let me ask you a question. So, so for example, let's use that as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. So let's assume government is building uh, Agenda 111. What prevents the government from selling All the cement you buy from here? All the cement for Agenda 111 or 80% of the cement, we are going to let you purchase the Jata cement as that's, an example. That's the first step. An but the second step is that there has to be a regulation who insists that the quality of, of the cement must be, the, yes, must must be at par. So if the, the regulation is not there, then it becomes cronyism. That's where the problem comes. So, so before you can have a... So I think we are getting somewhere. Before you can have a properly functioning state drive, the institutional arrangement must be must there. Must so be, the, yes. the rules are clear yeah. and not right. varied because he's somebody's friend. Uh. I think we are very... We are making, better. Mm-hmm. Let's look at Ayalolo. Mm. Ayalolo, we made noise about it. Mm. Bought the buses. Mm. And the thing is failing. Mm-hmm. How about a model where there's a regulator, mm-hmm. people are giving uh, uh, quotas mm. to own the buses. Like they do for this. Yes. The other one. Own your bus. It's for you, Godfrey. You bring 10 buses. We brand it Ayalolo, so and so and so. We have a model of uh, revenue sharing, generation revenue. and sharing. You understand? Yeah. We have a service provider who is going to do the maintenance and mm-hmm. everything. So that government will not be the one to go and borrow money, to uh, go and buy. Government and then ne- people, the workers and some people will steal yeah. the parts. The, the government is never good at, at that type of thing. <laughs> the government is I never mean, good Ghana, at that. Yeah. Ghana, government vehicle, they will take it to workshop. Eh? They will <laughs> take the old, the new parts yeah, in it. About you know? The new parts, the new carburetor. No? Yeah. And then put old one inside yeah. and bring it back to So you. the government is not a good manager. Can't be. They are better setting the rules creating the space and then supervising yeah i think we've made some progress here on the show time check in the studio seven minutes past nine we'll take you into the city business festival shortly but on saturday june 25 bci limited will hold a visa seminar to supply you with all the information you need to study in the uk canada australia and us sessions are two eleven to one for UK and then 12, 2 to 4 for Australia, Canada and US. It's Airport View Hotel Conference Room. Engage with experts who will be available to speak about studying in the UK, Australia, Canada and the US. <laughs> Topics to be covered include traveling to study, post-study work rules, study visa rules and change. Call 0244-828-577. Why are you laughing? 0244-828-577. Registration is free. They should add China. <laughs> Countries are wild. I'm not for your wild, bro. It is, you know. That's when we're having the conversation about China deciding to produce cocoa. What nobody thought about was the fact that it's been done in a province where nothing is happening and there's a a decision now to say we are going to create the world's largest something here 
So in order for that to happen, everybody, let's go here. Wow. So we should laugh, laugh at them. You, well, you can laugh now. But they will but go. in 10 years, you, will, you, you, you won't be laughing. You won't be laughing. In 10 years, you will not be laughing. You know, I, I remember I told them when I went to Sherman, mm-hmm. um, the chairman of the African Students Union told me that if I had been in the city five years prior mm-hmm. to when I had arrived, I would not have recognized the city I was Serious? Wow. Yes. He said just five years. Mm. No, Charlie. But yesterday in the morning mm-hmm. on, on the 6 a.m. news, mm-hmm. there was a story about a giraffe farms. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, I read it oh, the, Charlie. It was on one oh, of the front Charlie. pages of the oh, papers. Yeah, yeah. They said the giraffe farms, no. They said the city is like, it's, it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's running away. It's, it's bad. I, I, bad. I head and my heart. Oh, Charlie. Yeah, a giraffe is gone. It's just there. Egbele. 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 And they'll give you all justifications why it is so. Do not wait. Except for the fact that if that thing dies, you cannot solve the problem of streetism in Accra. Direct relationship. You can't. Direct relationship. Oh, have only two cows left today. I saw oh, only two cows. The cows looked very hungry. <laughs> if you are looking to boost your general well-being, if you are down with a cough or cold, or you want to improve your sexual health, you need uh, to get a prescription. Muti is your trusted low-price provider of quality prescribed and over-the-counter medicines. Our trained team of healthcare professionals are ready to answer your questions. Visit mymuti.com or call 055-813-4375. This is between 9 to 5. Stop pharmacy hopping today and call Muti for fast, free and convenient service. Reference CTFM when you call for a 10% discount. The number again is 055-813-4375. Call Muti now. Now, you know that feeling when you have something and you know that it's not going to run out anytime soon. Well, that's how you feel when you buy Surfline's one-year bundle. And it's great for all your Zoom calls, downloading your stuff, watching your favorite movies in 4K and all of that. You just pay 11 months and get 12 months data connection. Dial star 718, star 77 hash to sign up today. Surfline, better together. Now, Ghana Pay is here. Ghana Pay Alandi with the all new Ghana Pay mobile money service. You get to do all kinds of things transfer money, receive money, buy airtime and data, and all of that from your bank account. Register for Ghana Pay by downloading the Ghana Pay app from your, from the Play Store or the App Store. Or you can register by dialing star 707 hash or visiting any bunch to activate your wallet. Ghana Pay your money your way. And you need to go to the bank to update your records with your Ghana card. Remember, from July 1, the Ghana card will be the only ID that will be accepted in undertaking transactions in all the banks in the country. So do that before July 1. This message is brought to you by the Ghana Association of Banks. And don't forget that doing business in Ghana means you have to talk to GIPC for accurate information on investment opportunities, incentive packages, technology transfer agreements, business matchmaking and advisory. Take note wholly or partly foreign-owned companies are mandated to register with GIPC. Call us on 0302-665-125 or go to gipc.gov.gh for more information. Etech Monday is back this Monday. It's a platform for Etech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. To realize this vision, the Mastercard Foundation has partnered Mest Africa to bring you Etech Monday, airing on the last Monday of every month. Catch it on City Breakfast Show 9 a.m. on Monday. 
And Etek Monday builds on the foundation's work in Ghana, including the Young Africa Works program. All right, a few quick comments on this before we move. <laughs> uh, this one, very interesting. It says the Exxon Mobiles, the Exxon's Mobiles, etc., are heavily and shamelessly supported by the U.S. government. Hmm? They can start and fight wars just to push the interest of oh, their yeah, conglomerates. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they don't play with those that's things. That's message that's coming. They are the only ones who play with our company. <laughs> yeah. All right, this one says, uh, Bernard and team, warm greetings to Samens. What Samens is talking about uh, is situation of institutional offices is a constitutional matter. Please see Article 356E. Read that together um, with 362D. Okay, mm. says we should read that. That's from Edmond Amarque Foley. Uh, so 356E and 362D. Mm. Okay, and we'll sending us a message from Gambia. Mm. All right, this message says decentralization is the key to the decongestion of the capital mm-hmm. and the stagnation of our economy. Critical thinking and practical application of tried and tested development theories in other countries far ahead of Ghana is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Ghana thinks it knows. Mm. Okay, that's Yakubu Ibn Chambers. All right. This one says, I beg, make government no go take this cement. They will collapse the economy. Will they pay on time? Are we not seeing the same with regulation, school feeding and regulation? Right, the regulation is in in place. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll be hearing from uh, Dr. Divine Novieto of. Whole Technical University. It's our fifth day in our fourth week of the City Business Festival on a series. We're talking about precision quality. And he's going to link the role of training institutions, their training artisans in precision quality. Stay with us. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Welcome to another edition of our on-air series for City Business Festival 2022. It's brought to you by APSA Bank with support from MTN, Gersal, GIPC, and IT Consortium. This week we're discussing how to add value to our local products and how to compete globally. We're also looking at our consumer markets. But it's Friday, and today we want to look again at precision quality. The Design and Technology Institute has been uh, partnering us to have these discussions on Fridays. The first week we spoke to uh, Ms. Swanika on the issues of design, technology, and precision quality. We've also spoken to Professor Dodu on the role of policy in design and precision quality. This morning, my guest is a lecturer at the whole technical university, Dr. Divine Novieto. Doc, yes. good morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good to have you. Yeah, good to be here. We've discussed the policy dimensions of uh, precision quality. Yes. We've also designed the practical aspects. But today we want to look at the role of educational institutions. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Whole Technical. How are you guys doing? What are some of your areas of specialization? Uh, Whole Technical University, uh, you know, we are 
uh, we evolved from Hot Polytechnic, getting to the Hotenka University. Uh, our niche area is uh, in the hospitality and tourism, but we are linking it up with the whole uh, other faculties, including built environment mm -hmm. and also arts. We have uh, the arts department, also have applied sciences and co. So it's a holistic one, but our niche area is uh, hospitality and tourism. Mm. Uh, we have Bachelor of Technology courses, mm -hmm. and then we have also Master of Technology courses, and then we have HND, National Diploma, with other professional certificates also uh, running along that one. Mm -hmm. And at the lower level, we have some apprenticeship programs, mm -hmm. and we work closely with uh, the informal sector, that is the master craft persons, uh, to train them on uh, precision quality is also one of the ones that uh, uh, we take care of. So, Hotenka University, as uh, you've been hearing in the news, uh, we always leaders in uh, the schedules that we get into, especially mm -hmm. regards to the precision quality. Mm -hmm. We provided a golden manger to birth the child of uh, uh, DTI, that is a precision quality. So, mm -hmm. we are taking care of it, we are nurturing it, and we are helping DTI to move it to national and also to international. There's a view that when the universities were, when the polytechnics were converted to universities, the, the focus became a bit more theoretical. Yeah. But when I listen to the courses you say you're doing, it doesn't seem to be the case. It seems as if you are still focusing on very practical courses. Just give me a sense of whether there's been any change at all with that shift to technical university. Because the fear is that the manpower needed to drive our industrialization, yeah. which the polytechnics were supposed to do would be lost with the focus of universities? I don't think it, uh, we have lost that because even GTEC, the regulatory body, would insist when you go for accreditation and re-accreditation that CBT, that is normal competency-based learning and training, that is what you should adopt. Secondly, you have to focus on your core areas. So if we have been running building technology before, we move it to CBT and move it to the MTech area. We are not going to leave what we have been doing and focus on a new one. And then we have been encouraged to move into more of the practically uh, aligned courses where we can have the students to come in, acquire practical skills, and go and be job creators out there. So we haven't lost that particular focus. The technical universities are still on road, and the regulator is insisting when you go for reaccreditation, they make sure that you follow. So you teach BT? Yes. So it's very interesting. I have a friend on the show who went to tech and did BT. Yeah. But I also have another friend who, when I was doing my project, he went to Poly yeah. and did BT. Yeah. So both of them can help me build my house. Yes. So what's the difference between those two guys? One who does a degree in BT at, say, tech. Yes. Versus somebody who also did BT at a polytechnic, which is now a technical university. Yes. What will be the difference in emphasis in the training? The two of them complement each other. We don't want to specifically say that this one is different than this one. They complement each other because the core competencies are there. However, for the BTEC person, there's a practical inclination. For example, for the BTEC building technology, every semester there's a practical course that you have to pick. So from first year, you are starting from design to also excavation point, now to the final finishes. So it runs through all the semester. So without that, GTEC will not approve your syllabus. You have to look at the practical component. So they complement each other. The core competencies are there. However, there's an add-up of an extra practicals from the BTEC background. So the competence-based training is what sets 
technical universities apart yes. from normal universities. Yes. So which means you not only understand the theory, but you're able to actually do the thing. That is it. I see. So if somebody says, I am a technician or an engineer, auto, is it that the so people, people always say we have KNUST, people do engineering, but when the person's car gets destroyed, his engine has a problem, he has to go and park at a mechanic. So are you telling me that the person who goes to a technical university, when his car, and he did, he did auto mechanic, when his car has a problem in the engine, he can know what to do. Is that the difference between him and a tech person? I think what you should do is to come to Otenka University because as at now, we have a functioning workshop and we are in collaboration with uh, Japan Motors. So we have a functioning workshop and every student is supposed to visit there, work there, and it is working normally. So that means uh, organizations, institutions in home municipality and outside and government organizations come in with their maintenance schedules and co, and we plan and carry that for them. Most of the staff, they visit there to also uh, ask the workshop to work on their cars. I have personally been going there myself. You go, the normal reception, you have a reception, you sit in, you book, they give you your job card, they give you the time to come and pick it. And when you go into the workshop, the students are there. So a student graduating with auto from Hotenka University you should be assured that that particular person can look at your car mm. and then also work on it for you. You mentioned that Design and Technology Institute was partnering with Whole Technical on this position quality. What is the arrangement like? What role? Are you the only technical university they are working with? And what, what, what is, how does this arrangement actually work? We are not the only technical university that they are working with. Currently, I'm aware that uh, TTU uh, is also uh, working closely with them. Mm -hmm. And also, as uh, Professor Dodo said the last time, he has had a chat with all the VCs of TUs. Mm -hmm. So they are all on board with the precision quality issues. But for Hotenka University, mm -hmm. when the idea of precision quality uh, was conceived, mm -hmm. a team was needed to do academic verification for it. Okay. Then the VC, Professor Ben Honyanuga, all credits to him. He assembled a team. I was part of that initial team. Mm -hmm. And then we came to do verification. And mm -hmm. then the document was sent to CTVET mm -hmm. for approval. Mm -hmm. It went through that it was certified that it was something that can stand the test of time. So at least for the first five years, we can use it. Mm -hmm. So we were then trained as facilitators from the technical university plus other uh, sister uh, universities for example KMUSD rep was there and also Amsterdam rep was also there we were trained as uh, trainers of trainees so we came back to Wotenka University trained 20 of our colleagues then to do a first phase of carrying through the implementation first phase so we uh, approached the, the DTI approached the school signed an MOU with the school after the training the second year batch, five departments were selected as a pilot to see how it runs. And that covered about 300 students. It ran successfully. And then the second phase, all the second years across the 16 uh, departments were enrolled onto it to carry on with the precision quality. So Hotenka University served as a home for the, the birth of the PQ child. And we are still nurturing it because... As we are implementing, there are some issues that are coming up. For example, proper implementation and also 
how the people are receiving it and feedbacks from the people who are consuming it. And if there's any review, the team is working on it. And at Whole Tanker University, there's a three-system uh, approach. The first system approach is an office that is responsible for mobilizing the students and getting them ready. That is the Technical Vocational Educational Research Center, TVEC, headed by Engineer Hobu and supported by Dr. Daniel Adabeko. Then the facilitators, driven Engineer Dr. Jokoto and then Engineer Dr. Atumbo, and then supported by me, we form a team to train the lecturers. Then the lecturers go and administer and assess the students. Then there is a third component, that is a research component, led by Professor Mensah, supported by Dr. Zilagbeto, and also uh, Dr. Ameho, that is the registrar, and Dr. Dovi, all supervised by the Vice-Chancellor, Professor Ben Hunyanuga. So it's a three-system approach on how to manage the preaching quality so that it doesn't become something that we teach, we leave the people. So you've embedded it into your system. Yes. The investors bought into the idea of preaching quality. That is it. Very interesting. We'll take a short break. This is the on-air series for the City Business Festival. My guest is uh, Dr. Divine Novieto. He is from the whole Technical University. And we're trying to understand the role of preaching quality, not just in enhancing the capabilities of our graduates, but we'll come back and also look at how they can help the informal sector and artisans, how they can help the community to develop. As we speak, there's a whole airport. There's a conversation about even building a center which can be an aircraft repair facility. What role can the whole technical play using things like precision quality in getting that industry up? We'll be right back. Stay with us. The City Business Festival 2022 is here. The entire month of June has been dedicated to business on City TV and 97.3 City FM. The City Business Festival will give entrepreneurs, SMEs, and individuals the needed insights and knowledge to advance their businesses. Join the weekly business forums every Tuesday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. live on City TV for discussions on various thematic areas each week, beginning with week one. Reimagining the digital economy. Week 2, resetting your SME after COVID-19. Week 3, the Ghana opportunity. Week 4, consumer market. Week 5, agribusiness. Also, tune in every weekday morning for the City Business Festival on-air series on the City Breakfast Show on 97.3 City FM to acquire the information you need to kickstart, grow, improve, strengthen, and expand your business. There will be a lesson for every business with the City Business Festival this June only on City TV, 97.3 City FM, and on CNR Digital. The City Business Festival, proudly sponsored by Absa Bank and supported by MTN Momo, MTN Business, IT Consortium, the Ghana Investment Promotion Center, and Gersol. Welcome back. This is still our on-air series, City Business Festival, and we are in our fourth week, and we're looking at precision quality. We've been talking to uh, Ms. Swanika. We've also spoken to Professor Dodu, and today our guest is Dr. Divine 
Novieto lecturer, whole technical. And whole technical is really very serious about processing quality. From the three-point approach, they've embedded into administration, into training, and into research. But you mentioned that there were five areas of precision quality. I yes. just wanted to highlight what are these five areas. So the precision quality by uh, Madame uh, Swanika's group, uh, DTI, has three mo- uh, five modules. Mm-hmm. So we have the first one is change to grow. Mm-hmm. Second one is process integration. The third one is people and team development. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is health and safety. Mm-hmm. And then the final one is customer relations. So the first one is this, change to grow. We are trying to make the student or the master craft person aware that where you are, you need to think about growth. The world is moving. Don't, you may have the core competencies now, but in five years, they will be obsolete. So try to have that awareness at heart. Mind change, the shift in mindset that knowing that tomorrow there's a change. So if you have that engraved in them and you show them examples of changes that are occurring in their fields, they wake up to the reality and know, even self-development, I have to commence it myself. So that is change to grow, mindset change. Slowly, but if you reassure them and support them, they will do that. Process integration. When we go into this one, we ask them to list the processes that they pass through to achieve a product or a service. So after listing it, then we look at how smart can we now make the processes mm-hmm. to save time because the world is moving. Don't stick to the old one. Cut out the waste and make it more smarter. Process integration. Mm-hmm. Team and people development. We are speaking to mastercraft persons. They recruit apprentices. How mm-hmm. do you recruit the apprentice? How do you even maintain them? How do you graduate them? How do you look at their growth? And the whole personality of, of moving out from your place and getting to their working side. What are the habits they'll pick along the line? Who are the ones who will pull your business down? How do you spot it? How do you correct it? And what are the measures you need to take? And what are the legal implications of an action that you want to take? So it is embedded in that particular People. one. Yes. And then there's health and safety. Health and safety. Mm. You will go to the fabrication shop. They are in sleepers. They are not using the sheets. They will tell you that, oh, they are young. There's well, no problem. Well, they are using the thing. They are not wearing the sheets. At all. Lying under the car, no protective clothing. At all. They're going to use blocks to chalk the car and say they are okay. <laughs> but then when you take them through the, the training and you list all these things for them and you tell them about the end result, after 50 years, all the investment that you've made, you are now going to use it to pay your hospital bills. Then they wake up to the realization that there's something we need to do. Then finally, the bedrock of the business, customer relations. Treat your customer well, you mm. keep the person. Mm. You treat them in a way that they are angry with you, they will go and tell somebody, and they will not come back again. So we sum up with that particular one. Now, it is not a lecture session, and we do it in local language. And DTI has made videos of all the modules in local language. Wow. So... We will do a brief presentation, like five minutes, play the PQ video, get a representative video, general video about the concept, do a group discussion, group assignment, individual presentation in local language. Come and tell us your view about the video that you have watched. What is the lesson you have learned? What are you carrying to your job site? Then after that, we do the evaluation of 
that particular so training. This is fantastic. But where do you find the artisans from? Because I guess this is beyond simply your students. Yes. So the students' component is there. We work with the, our colleagues mm -hmm. to deliver that one. Then the team also has gone to the public. So, for example, as at now, for Volta region, we have this team working. That is, uh, I am on the team with uh, Reverend Eugene Jokotu and also Atombo and uh, Dr. Daniel Agbeko and also Mr. Aplaki. We are having that particular team. We go around, mobilizers. So we form a team to mobilize. So we go to master craft persons. You must have a shop. You must have apprentices. You must be working for some number of years. And then we recruit you. So we have 50 for a team training. We train them for two days. Wow. And we visit them after the training. So when we finish the training today, like for example, the training is done at 3 o'clock. We use from 3 to 5 o'clock to do visitation. When that is done, to know their places, that they are actually there, and we have an interaction with them. A month after that, we go back to see the uptake, how far, mm. what is working, what is not working, what is the difficulty in picking up, what can we do, what are the interventions, what are the additional things that the team needs to know about, so that when we are going to the next particular training, we can factor that one in. So we do all that. So it's called coaching session after that before we now certify you as having been a pq certified person what is your target how many people are you looking to train in the next year this seems like a very important part of the missing link for better quality artisanal work for job creation yeah for value addition and industrialization this is very powerful you are doing 50 per week Yes. Now, right now, uh, as I speak to you right now, we have a team of enumerators on the field. We have trained a batch of people, mm -hmm. 400 for a whole municipality already. After six months, they are now going back to look at what they have picked, what is working. Have they got more jobs? Have they created new jobs? Have they employed more apprentices? And there's a mix to check out to see how uh, they have grown after that. Now, the second part, we are also continuing. We have targeted another 700 just for the Volta region. There's another target for Ashanti region. There's another target for Greater Akka region. So we are now looking at sev another 700 for Volta, which is covering Hohwe, Denu, Aplau, Keta, Akachi, and Sogakope, all roped into the 700. And the same goes for Greater Accra. The same goes for uh, Ashanti region. After that, we'll give uh, another two months and come back to do data collection wow. to see how it has improved. But we always go back to them to do a baseline. After the training, what have you learned? What have you used? What is working? What mm. is not working? How can we help? So we go through that so that it doesn't become just one of those trainings. And the research team is not only based on campus. For the campus, the group of students who have benefited from it they form a sample size. Then they also uh, they have taken another sample size who have not benefited from it at all and conducted a research on them. So they have, they have, pub they have published some findings on it, but they will be uh, uh, publicizing it very soon. They are following those people who have been trained first after school, after national service, to see their output in the field. So it's like a tracer study, which is ongoing. Mm. 
The same research team is also looking at the MCPs. What have you picked? What is working? What is not working? How do we improve it? They are also working on that particular side. So, but they are also independent of the facilitators. And they are also independent of the mobilizer. But there is a three-system approach that we are adopting at wow. HDU. We are talking to Dr. Divine Novieto, who is a lecturer at Technical University. That university is really embedding precision quality into its programs for both students and artisans within the community. They have some very big goals. In fact, the VC of all technical professor Ben Wenyanuga joined the signing ceremony with uh, uh, health, um, with whole technical university said, Ghana cannot develop with business as usual. We must therefore unlearn the bad industry habits, relearn new skills, adopt precision quality as a movement, and implement it to reverse the unemployment woes of Ghana and Africa as a whole. I understand that. Yeah. I agree with the issue of youth to become more employable, needing PQ training. What is missing for me, though, is how can we link this to industrialization? Yes. I was in Ho as an ambassador for the region to promote tourism, ICT, and agribusiness. Yes. There are no real industries in Ho. Yeah. There are a lot of government workers, people trading, and some farms. I don't see a lot of factories. Do you think Ho Technical is leading in its role, creating the necessary manpower? Because I know that to industrialize, you need capital. Yes. But if people knew that a lot of the skilled manpower required yes. to do the machine work, to work in the factories, come from this university, yes. it may give them the interest in setting up these industrial hubs around your, your city. Yes. Well, that is the, the first example is a collaboration with... Uh, uh, Nizan to have that particular workshop. Oh, you have a workshop with Nizan? Yes. Already? So the workshop is functioning. Mm -hmm. We're also looking at the garment industry. There's also a collaboration with the fashion department, with another garment industry. I think they're working closely with Cardling uh, mm -hmm. uh, Factions to oh. work out something. Then we also have the hotel catering and institutional management. We have also the tourism people coming in. It is a strategic development, and you have to look at the context of you teaching at the same time, trying to open up. But these little interventions at the start now is trying to move into a, a bigger realm. So the VC's policy is this. If you are a private sector out there and you believe strongly that with the two collaborations we can work out, contact us or make yourself available or just... Give us a notification. We will come to you. So even during the launch of the D uh, DTI Precision Quality, most of the master craft persons were brought in to the campus. Now, the promise the VC made to them was that, look, we are ready to collaborate with you at any point in time. Make sure you come on a good wheel. Let's sit down and have a discussion. So we are the, the, the institution is leading that charge. And I would love that you speak to uh, the vice chancellor on this. He has big ideas. So we would have to have a good discussion on how the policy is moving, how to industrialize the region using Hotenka University as I'm a fulcrum. I'm wondering if you have any relationship with the airport, because again, when the airport was brought in, I had Toby Afede talk about bringing in an aircraft repair facility yeah. where you would have people bring air aircraft to get their parts repaired within the whole area. Yes. I don't see how that can happen without the role of whole technical. Even though I don't think you have, I don't know if you have any relevant courses in that area yet, 
but it will be interesting to see what is possible. Does the university see itself as the center of industrialization? Because without manpower, you can't industrialize. I think we see ourselves like that. Mm. And uh, the vice chancellor would would brief you more on this particular one. Mm -hmm. So I would love that you speak to uh, Professor Wenyanga on this particular one. Mm -hmm. And especially, you see, if we have the niche area as hospitality, and also already our workshop, we are already in partnership. We are just waiting to see how the integration will work. So I think you have to speak to mm -hmm. uh, the VC on this. He will tell you uh, amazing stuff on how Hotenkai is functioning in the middle to attract investment into this industrialization sectors. Mm. He'll be interested in talking to you more about that. What are your closing thoughts? How optimistic are you about the success of position quality, not just in Hope, but across the country? Do you, I, it seems exciting to me listening to you talk about it. Do you get the sense that your colleagues in other universities have bought into it? Is this going to lead to some national change in attitudes of our artisans? Yes. It's a movement, mm. a big one. Mm. When you think about precision quality or PQ, what should come to mind is global standards. We are living in a global village. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about precision quality, what should come to mind is global standards. So if somebody says, I'm PQ certified, then that means I know about global standards. I know about change. I know about growth. I know how to manage my people and I know customer relations and I take care of health and safety issues, looking at progression. So when you talk about PQ, it's global standards. Now, as to whether our colleagues are buying into it, yes. Because as of now, all our colleagues who are been assigned to teach have taught, and we are now assessing the students. And also, the uh, vice chancellors of TUs have picked it up, and Takradi has joined who with the precision quality. And you see, as we train the MCPs, they become the base for our students to go and do attachments at their end. So the students are picking precision quality from campus, going to attachment to attach themselves with people who have also gotten precision quality on the ground. So the two of them can talk with the same uh, understanding and get to achieve something. So the movement is big. It will, it's a gradual process. It's a mind uh, change so we have to shift it slowly, but it's going. We've done some works on tracer studies, and we have realized that the pickup is good, and uh, mm. it's positive. So it's a global standard. PQ. It, it's sounding very exciting. Uh, discussing that started with Constance Swanika, founder of uh, DTI. We continue with Professor Dodu, who incidentally this week has had his uh, policy confirmed. So as we speak to you now, the Standards Authority, of which is the CEO, has had their bill passed. Yes. And now you have Dr. Divine Novieto and colleagues from the whole technical university who are saying they are going all out to make precision quality the main thing in their training of not just their students, but also of artisans and people in the community in and around who... Thank you, Doc, for talking to us. Thank you. We'll leave it here. That's all we have time for, for another edition of your Honor Series City Business Festival. Focus this week on precision quality championed by DTI with our view to bring change to the unemployed. Thank you for watching. We'll be with you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. This is the
The City Breakfast Show. The City's Biggest Conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. Yo, Tony Hodazi, Tony minutes to 10 that was your city business festival we have one more week to go starting on monday we're looking at agri and agribusiness with some very interesting conversations we're partnering gersel for the week starting monday the 27th and of course don't forget the city summit comes your way on the same day from 9 30 Alisa Hotel, Global Economic Dynamics, Effects on the World, Africa and Ghana's Response by Way of Policy. Don't forget, the Business Festival was brought to you by APSA with support from MTN. There are many ways to keep enjoying the things you love on MTN. You get to enjoy convenience when you top up using my MTN app or mobile money. You can also buy from any vendor at a recommended retail price and get a 100% bonus. Remember to demand the same value, MTN everywhere you go. Also brought to you by Chango. The National Cardio Center in collaboration with IT Consortium is embarking on a campaign to raise a million Ghanaians to support the Save a Heart campaign. Chango crowdfunding platform is serving as an enabler for this initiative to donate to help remove the funding barrier for any child in Ghana who undergoes a heart surgery. Go to changoapp.com, proceed to contribute to Save a Heart campaign, Call 0270-066614 or go to changoapp.com for more information. Uh, 
And we all want our children to do well in school and in life. That's why they need grit. Sport teaches them this so well. It teaches them to bounce back no matter how many times they fall, to keep shooting for their goals and stay disciplined even when things get tough. Help your champion build grit today through sport. Energize them with a nourishing cup of Milo to go further. Milo, the energy to go further. Lots of comments on the issues having to do with development and business. We've been talking about how to use our private sector companies to spurt economic growth in various parts of the country. Yesterday, the MPs visited Jata Cement and Cement says the government should seamlessly push the brand Jata Cement so that it will serve as an incentive to other Ghanaian-owned companies. But that must be done within the right policy framework and regulatory environment. I thought that was a great, great point. Whilst we are at it, let me say happy birthday to Mrs. Elizabeth Na Lomle Abe. Today is your birthday and I'm elated to be supported by this woman. She always makes time for my numerous schedules to ensure I'm well taken care of. I celebrate her today on her birthday. Na Misumobu. Misumobu Waun. This is coming in from Bay Chachu <laughs> to his wife. He says, Na Misumobu. Misumobu to Moshe. <laughs> Mrs. Elizabeth Nalomle Abe coming in from your husband Bechachu Bechachu of the National Pensions Regulatory Authority. You know she I like you like Shibaki. Hey, my brother. A happy birthday in advance to Alfred Benson. It's coming, it's loading. It's Sunday, but we are we are firing. We are firing. Oh yes. Also wishing Brielle na Jomo. Na Jomo. So there's Jomo and there's Jomo. And you take what does Jomo mean? Jomo blessings. Okay. So Brielle na Jomo. And you take you are seven years old today. Actually tomorrow the twenty fifth. Coming in from Defensa. Ni Anite to Brielle Na Jomo. I like the name Na Jomo. So happy seventh coming in from Defensa to you. A few quick comments on uh, yeah, all yeah, the bits yeah, and bobs yeah, we've been yeah, discussing yeah, this, this morning. True. This one says there are incentives, lower tax rates for setting up manufacturing companies outside of Accra mm-hmm. and in the regional capitals. I think you read that. I read that already. Hopefully, we create more awareness and develop the, posi- uh, the policies better. That's mm-hmm. coming from Waka. 
Okay. This one says, very valid points on industrial spread. Mm-hmm. But what government can easily do in the medium term is service provision spread. Mm. For example, take a government agency with more than a 1,000 to 2,000 employees like the GRE. Mm-hmm. Relocate them to a district, say in Kranza, mm-hmm. with a head office building and staff apartments. Mm-hmm. Modern Wi-Fi, etc. to keep agencies in Accra for such organizations. It will quickly spread development. In the UK, um, HM tax is located at Thames. Upon time, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, upon time. Upon time yeah, yeah, time. Same with the home office in Sheffield, etc. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Mike Kweku. It's true. When, when I wanted to renew my visa or something in the UK, I had to go to Sheffield. <laughs> I don't know why they had. Shall <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield? Do? <laughs> to Sheffield. Like, what is, why do I have to go to Sheffield? <laughs> I, I had to go there. All right. Mm. This one says a day an earthquake will hit Accra is mm. the day we'll lose everything as a nation. Mm. All our critical infrastructure is here. Mm. And I said that's not enough. We are adding a cathedral to the mess that's to good. pray for a God of order. I tell you. Did you see the floodwaters last week? Mm. Earthquakes are not far from us. So that's what somebody says. Somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. All right. Mm-hmm. This one says, in fact, our leaders should start thinking of moving the capital city out of Accra mm-hmm. if we really want to decongest the factories. Mm-hmm. Nigeria did say by moving the capital from Lagos to Abuja, mm-hmm. I think it will accelerate development in the country. That's from Nayabingi. Nayabingi. <laughs> yeah. Nayabingi. Right. Nayabingi. Yeah. Nayabingi. Moses. Moses from uh, Tabora. The French say Moise. Moise. From Tabora. Is that it? Ah, so Moise King. Moise King is Moses. Okay, Moses. Yes. Okay, when the Spanish called James Thiago, <laughs> what's, what's the in James? I mean, how the Spanish called James in the Bible? But it's the same thing. What the, the French, the French James is Jacques. Oh, James is Jacques. Yes, and John is what? Jean. Oh, so Jacques. Jacques. Ah, James is Jacques. Yes. So, but Jack in English is what? <laughs> James. I know. So Jack is wood. If you call somebody Jack, I know, but, but so if if you are James, your your French equivalent Jacques. is Jack. J a c q u e s. Yes. But like but, a very popular song for Jack. For Jack, don't you don't you don't you don't you don't you don't you So Moses from Tabora. He I says see. the South Korean model will mm-hmm. suit us better. Okay. That's how the Samsungs and Kias were established. Yes. State push of private enterprise. Maybe one morning we should do a show purely on business model, uh, development, economic development models. Yeah. It, will, it will help situate the discussions properly. And, and, and I will recommend mm-hmm. that people should read a book that I think was very enlightening for me, a book that Bernard, you know very well, Bad Samaritans. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, this is a book by, what's his name? It's a Korean guy. Yes. Uh, Hadi Chung. Hadi Chung. Hadi Chung, yeah, yeah Bad Samaritans. Yeah, yeah. Really, I, I really got good the book. audio. Very, very good book. It yep. opens one's mind to mm-hmm. how countries got it together. Yes, and, please. And some of the things we can follow. Yesterday, I heard something that really sort of did it for me. So, somebody was talking about how Singapore was built. I don't know where I was. And the person said Singapore used the um, MPH model. MPH. Can you guess what MPH is? <laughs> MPH model. I don't know. MPH model. So it says Singapore is based on three things. M for merit, P for practical approach, and H for honesty. Ah. So they built a society which was a meritocracy. So you don't get the position until you qualify for it. So they look for the best for everything. And then they were not too interested in theory. So they're basically building a country that had a practical approach. So Lee Kuan Yew is very pragmatic. Uh, he's not, he doesn't face east or west. He just wants to succeed. Then honesty. I don't know who said, I was somewhere yesterday and the person, the thing hit me so much. I wrote it on my phone. 
So maybe we can learn a thing or two from that. Yeah. The, and, and, the, the, the merit, practical, and honest. And, and you find, especially the the honesty bit, mm-hmm. you find that ingrained in a lot of Far Eastern cultures. Yes, please. The Chinese, yes. the Japanese, yes. the Koreans, yes. you know, people in Hong Kong. They, they use what they call, the, they use that and also hard work. They call it the rice paddy mentality. They say, when a man goes to the rice paddy and wakes up early to work, he knows a thing or two about making money. So they they apply that mindset to school. So when they come to the US or UK and they are studying Italian, they go more. <laughs> so let's use MPH. Merit, practical and honesty. Right. Before you come back, let me do a quick happy birthday. Then I please wish my daughter, Benis Fafa, a happy birthday. She's three years old today. I wish her some 72. This is from your father, mother, Mr. and Mrs. Mawena and the entire family. Well, I don't know if she knows what it is. I'm 72. I obviously don't have the time to check it now. So, um, a three-year-old girl, please read some 72. Charlie, people are what? Three-year-old girl to some 72 tone. Eh? Charlie, what's that? All right, a few more comments. Few more. This one says, just imagine mm-hmm. if Rush Energy Drink mm-hmm. and its subsidiary factories um, weren't located at Kutoku. Mm. How would the place look like? Imagine. Why should the cocoa board located in a? Why should the, the cocoa board be located in Accra, mm-hmm. where places like the western and eastern regions are there? Mm-hmm. I think the location of the whole airport is a misplaced priority because this airport would have been functioning effectively if the airport were to be around K2 South or K2 North. We have a lot of work yeah. to do in and terms and of the development. The person concludes all the big hospitals, both private and government mm-hmm. hospitals, are located in Accra. Mm-hmm. Republic of Togo has its market spread all over. Mm-hmm. We should, we shall take over soon and manage this country. Mm-hmm. That's a message from Dossie. Okay. At Gringa West. All right, all right, all right. One bugubli. One bugubli. One bugubli. Thank you so much for listening. What a week it's been. All kinds of things have happened on the show. And we've ended with a whole discussion on development. Development. But I like I like Bogoblay. I like his voice. Yeah. But who did Maria Marie? That he did Maria Marie. Charlie. We, when we did Entertainment Achievement Awards, the guy the guy spoiled everywhere. People sing and they say, Mumma me fans, Mumma me fans. Charlie, the guy, the guy is good. Oh man. I know the, the rave master, the, if, if he's in the mood, you know, <laughs> the rave master. Yeah, that to form boating. Yes, sir. I like Bogo Blake. Yeah, Bogo Blake is full of energy. I've booked him. I've booked Nana as my hype man the day I did. Charlie, 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 uh-huh. Way back. Because you're yeah. you're jolly, you're, 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 you're <laughs> in the dance floor. Just say Omunsa. Can't dance, can't cool, can't ever stop. Yeah. <laughs> Can you say that in English? Well, we don't pull the plug for nothing, basically. Yeah. Maria, Maria. Maria Marie, 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 Maria Mar
Manaju two seven down. Now we come out from the way. Kenzo be pull it Benzo. Now we come out from the way. W W dot Yahoo Yahoo come out from the way. Hey, doctor call seven years for the degree. Now call your DJ. Professor to MC, first class to mentor PK. Of education to the energy All right, so that's all we have time for on today's edition of City Breakfast Show.